0: Welcome to Horror Cultural Shoveler It's because it's all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Sorry we're late. Late? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course we are. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. This episode was supposed to be released on Tuesday, but we weren't very well, and here we are on Friday. We're okay. We're okay. We're not turning into uh into zombies. Very topical. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. You really need to warn me about these things, <laughs>
1: I don't so even I know I can't no, think it. of a response. I don't
0: even know what I'm going to say on myself. So anyway, um, just to shit. so here we are. Triple bill episode. We haven't had one of these in a while. Um, and I came up with this concept because it was only recently that I realized this had been done. I mean, I knew of the film's existence before, but it's like, oh shit, this whole trilogy has been remade and share absolutely nothing in common. But here we are. Um, this episode is what I would like to call Remakes of the Dead. Yeah. Do you mean remakes of the living dead or
2: dead? Mm, for the
0: living dead? I or don't know. The, the other guy got the living dead rights, didn't he? Romero oh, did he? De- Romero got the dead rights. Ah. Um, yeah, so basically all three films we're discussing today are remakes of George A. Romero's masterpiece horror trilogy, uh, The Trilogy of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So today we will be discussing *Night of the Living Dead* by Tom Savini, *Dawn of the Dead* by Zack Snyder, and Steve Miner's *Day of the Dead*. Um, yeah, anything to say?
1: Um, I was just thinking when you said George A. Romero's um trilogy of the dead, all three of those films are five star masterpieces. Yeah, they they actually are. Yeah. Um,
0: which is incredible. You don't always get that. No, Flawless. And Romero is a massively underrated horror director.
1: Because uh, obviously... Underrated?
0: Yeah. Really? I mean, obviously, proper horror fans know him as, as a legend of the genre. But what I mean by that is, most people you ask him, Oh, George Romero, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. A lot of people don't even know if they are Dead. But you know what I mean? Those are his two films. But he's actually got so many good films. Sure. like the crazies night riders monkey shines two evil eyes you know it, it, martin Creepshow, martin you know it, it really goes on um he's just really really good at what he does uh and that shows in the trilogy of the dead you know all released in different decades three in a row um and each adapting to the times perfectly whilst breaking boundaries and reinventing the genre you know, Night of the Living Dead changed the face of horror as we know it. You know, we wouldn't be where we are now of horror if it wasn't for Night of the Living Dead. Uh Dawn of the Dead, you know, with its social commentary and the way it did things, also broke boundaries. And even Day of the Dead, you know, for a film to go as extreme as it does with its gore and again the political commentary, they're all milestones in horror for different reasons. And they're all fantastic. But we're here today to talk about the slightly less good versions oh. of those films, but starting off on a high with Night of the Living Dead from 1990, directed by Tom Savini. Yes, that horror legend, Tom Savini, who uh, also directed dead, uh, segments of Dead Time Stories and the Theatre Bazaar, and also did episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, Creepshow, and Flickr. He has a Nightmare City remake in production and Death Island in development, which makes me really happy because this film's really fucking good. Spoiler alert, this is really good, and he's a great director. Um, I mean, sadly, the production was not easy for him. Uh, He describes it as the worst nightmare of his life because uh, only 40% of his ideas made it into the final film. Oh, okay. It was uh, written by George Romero himself um you know he he wrote the new screenplay for this film also based on his screenplay uh, and the screenplay by john a russo who also wrote the booby hatch have Have you heard of the booby hatch i haven't no i heard the horror show discuss this uh it's i think it's very much a one of those typical 70s sex comedies but with the romero regulars oh okay so i, th- I think it'd be worth a watch Uh, The Devil and Sam Silverstein, Return of the Living Dead, of course. Uh, The other sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Mm. The Majorettes, Heartstopper, not that Heartstopper. Voodoo Dawn, Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-S. Screen Queen's Naked Mm -hmm. Christmas. My Uncle John is a Zombie, uh, etc, etc. He also directed some of those. This film was made on a budget of $4.2 million and it grossed $5.8 million worldwide. Apparently it was poorly received uh, when it was first released and didn't do too well at the box office. And whilst opinions are still split, the film is largely regarded nowadays as a good film in its own right and one of the better horror remakes in general. But it did make it on to Roger Ebert's most hated list.
1: Oh, wow. Because
0: he felt like Romero just made the same film a second time. That's a remake. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I suppose um, I suppose this whole remake trilogy that we're talking about during today's episode kind of brings up the question: Well, how close to the original should a remake be? Yeah, you look at something like Gus Van Sant's um, Psycho yeah. remake, which is literally shot for shot with some very minor changes. And the biggest criticism is, why?
0: Yeah.
1: Why does this exist? Yeah. Why have you done this shot-for-shot shot remake? But then there's other remakes that are so far removed from the original... Day of the Dead! <clears throat> ...Day of the Dead, that, you know, it's like, why... Support- why have you named it? It's just, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're clearly trying to cash in, you know? And it feels like a a cash grab. It, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I suppose you want a happy medium. You look at yeah. something like when we talk about the best remakes of mm. all time, you talk about John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, which took the basic premise of The Thing from Another World and turned it into something that felt completely different. Mm-hmm. That you know took advantage of the time, the changing in time. Between the first film and, you know, the, the yeah. remake. So it was gorier, you know, it was... Um, the music was better and this, that and the other and whatnot. That's a good remake. Yeah. it still stay, stays true to the original.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Suspiria, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Blob, The Hills of Eyes. You know, they all do exactly that and they're better off for it. It's time for... Hey! I know you. Wow, it really is a delayed episode. <laughs> Starting with Tony Todd. Horror legend that we know today, you know. Uh, he plays Ben in this iconic character. Iconic actor for an iconic character. Actually, Tony Todd's first horror film. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. I I never really even considered that before looking into this film. Because, I mean, when you see something like Candyman, you expect he had been horror films for years yeah well two yeah uh of course star of Candyman, the man from earth the rock the crow final destination hatchet wishmaster candy corn the flash tv show murder she wrote yes this goes on uh yeah i love i love tony todd
1: oh yeah i love tony todd and he seems like a genuinely nice guy
0: and he, he also delivers one of the best performances in this film yeah yeah Patricia Tallman uh, provides the second best performance of the film. Or maybe maybe the first, actually. She's incredible. Uh, plays Barbara. And you may know her from Night Riders. Stuck on You. Army of Darkness. Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, Star Trek Generations. Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Babylon 5. Yes, sci-fi queen. Rebellious. Benefit of the Doubt and many more. Uh, Tom Savini pushed hard with the producers to make Barbara... The survivor and action heroine in this film. Oh, okay. Um, and he's actually good friends with Patricia Tallman from college as well. Ah. Oh. Caroline Williams almost played Barbara. Um, that makes sense. But Days of Thunder got in the way, and she couldn't do it. She was in Days of Thunder. She was in Days of Thunder.
1: Was she really? What yeah. the Nicole Kidman? I believe so.
0: Was she really? Yeah. Um. Oh. But yeah, if we're talking about remakes improving on the original we have an old set we have a whole section to that dedicated to that coming up but just just as a hint uh, you're gonna be hearing us talk about barbara a lot in, in this one yes more yeah. than you'd probably hear us talk about the one in the original um tom towels plays harry he was in henry portrait of serial killer oh. fortress house of a thousand corpses the devil's rejects the halloween remake dr doolittle the rock again uh, Men Don't Leave and Dog Day Afternoon, as well as many more. Um, and Bill Mosley is in this, another horror legend. Uh, he plays Johnny, briefly. He was in, of course, Army of Darkness, The Blob Remake, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Free From Hell, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in 3D, Prisons of the Ghostlands, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Repo, The Genetic Opera, and many, 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 many more. Uh, we watched a Q and A with Bill Moseley in person. He just seems like the nicest guy.
2: Yeah,
1: he does. He does. He just—he's one of these actors that just seems to really enjoy what he's doing. Yeah. And it comes across on the screen. Oh, he hasn't got the biggest role in this
0: film. No, but he does a really good job. Of what it's he's always got. nice
1: to see him. Yeah.
0: And now it's time for our first feature presentation.
2: They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Show some respect. Now they're running for their lives. And every road out... Don't stop, no matter what happens. ...is just another dead end. George Romero's (laughs) all-new Night of the Living Dead. Rated R. Starts Friday, October 19th at select theatres.
0: So Before we uh, properly get into it, Tom Savini originally wanted to start the film in black and white and then slowly add colour as it went on. Okay. Uh, Which I think is a fantastic idea. Studios in 1990 were not crazy about that. Why
1: Why would he want to do that? What would be the point?
0: I suppose it symbolises the fact that it's remaking uh, an older horror film and bringing it into modern day. Well, I think... That's my take.
1: Maybe would have been more interesting is if it started in colour Mm -hmm. and then went to black and white. When it reached night time. Or when it reached the sort of crescendo of, you know, the zombie
0: taking over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. First line of dialogue in the film, of course, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. Even though I said it in the style of Nick Frost and Sean the Dead. Um bill mosley delivers the hell out of this line
1: yeah i'm not sure if this makes sense out of the context of the graveyard though they're just driving yeah but and he says it
0: everybody who's watching this film will know what's going on like, it makes sense that being yeah, the of course first, it's, like, just, it's just a little
1: film. reference to the, the yeah. original i do understand we start that. we start
0: mid-conversation basically yeah uh yes yeah, well, Sib- they're
1: bickering aren't they Yeah, it's siblings... not really a conversation
0: Barbara and the ridiculously annoying Johnny uh, visit their mother's grave in a remote Pennsylvania cemetery. During their visit, uh, they are attacked by a zombie after what is a great initial fake out of a random old man. Yeah, I did find that quite So good, because you you think you know what's coming. Yeah. They've started the film, same dialogue, um, same setting. Well, not the same dialogue. Well, not the exact
1: I same. I don't remember but... in the original when Johnny says,
0: they're horny, Barbara. <laughs> They've been dead a long time. Yes, and Barbara doesn't say, stop it, you're ignorant. Because it didn't make sense in the original, so. No, I suppose not. <laughs> um, but yeah, y- you think you know what's coming, but then it's generally just some confused old man in the graveyard. It is, it's like, yeah. here's one of them now. It's like, no, no, it's just, it's just an old man just a drunk old man. But then it makes for a fantastic jump scare when the real zombie comes into frame. Yeah, and uh, Johnny's
1: seemingly killed when he bashes his head against the graveyard. I've just realised, I I deliberately wrote seemingly killed because of what happened in the original. Yeah. But Johnny doesn't actually come back. Like no, no,
0: we, we do see him again, but he's definitely dead. Oh, do we see him again? Yeah, yeah, we see his corpse in the back of a truck. Oh, of course
1: we do. Oh, on fire. No, right, no no no, so no, we actually see him and yeah. she,
0: she acknowledges him.
1: Oh, okay. Well, he's seen he's killed and Barbara escapes, uh, eventually ending up at a farmhouse, I think. Would we call it a
0: farmhouse? We would definitely call it a farmhouse.
1: Good. Uh she's in the middle of nowhere. Um she's flashed. let's, <laughs> let's be honest, she's flashed on the way that there. There's a zombie who is in a suit, but half a suit it's just the front half so his ass is hanging out uh, and this is one thing about the film there's more male nudity than there is female nudity is. i mean the original famously had the naked the lady, one, one naked the one lady. naked lady um but this this one we get uh, let's be honest to hairy backside oh, we do we do front and center and then it, the soup kind of slowly starts to fall down. <laughs> so uh, Barbara is flashed before being chased by the zombies. We well, get yeah, another big be shock before that
0: when Barbara fights back. Yeah. Barbara stabs a zombie with a fucking cross. Now, anyone who's seen the original will know why that's such a shock. Barbara, who does. Fuck all in the original. <laughs> yeah,
1: let, let's let's talk about it. Um, in nineteen sixty eight, Barbara was a fucking wet blanket, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. She was no help whatsoever. All she did was whinge and moan and act foolish, and it got her killed. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the original. Um, so I think there was maybe a little backlash against that. Yeah. Particularly it's it's despite, you know, the masterpiece status, it is one thing that annoys me about the original film, is is Barbara. Yeah. She gives us nothing. And she's just a whingy bitch. Yeah. And she's annoying. And that is you know, that's how she's written, you know. But mm. It was nice and refreshing to see that the Barbara we get in 1990 is a lot different.
0: Yeah. Barbara showed up. She served Cun and she lived. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. So also, um, speaking of stabbing and killing and stuff, it's probably a good idea to bring this up. Uh, this is originally rated X by the MPAA.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: the following scenes had to be cut or changed for the R rating. The close up of the fire poker in the head of the first zombie that Barbara kills Right. The gory headshot of Magruder um, when Barbara shoots him. The bloodier version of the scene where Barbara shoots and kills the bald zombie. Tom blowing off the zombie's head with a shotgun. Excuse me. Uh, and Barbara killing another zombie when she takes the gun from dead cop zombie. Mm-hmm. The special effects team intentionally kept the effects restrained uh, as they felt that excessive gore would be disrespectful to the original film. To keep the effects realistic, they used uh, as inspiration... Real Autopsy, Forensic, Pathology, Textbooks, and Nazi Death Camp Verge. Okay. <laughs> That's a choice. Um, surprisingly, Tom Savini, not doing special effects. No? No. And the ones that are included the are really busy good. Busy enough True. directing the fucker. I, I love the makeup in this film. I love the look of the zombies. It really, really works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it does, actually, because if there's any criticism of Dawn of the Dead is that the zombies look a bit like gray them, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um whereas in you know in this one they do look more zombie-ish yeah and then obviously in in the original it's black and white so they can get away, can get away
0: with a little more can't they black yeah. and white. well barbara um sets up uh at this farmhouse place where she finds uh, shortly after a man named Ben arrives, and the two clear the house of the dead b- and begin the process of barricading the doors and windows. We get zombies killed with crowbar and uh, fire poker. Yeah, we do.
1: Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. It's Tony Todd. That's Ben. Where am I? Sorry. I'm just a smidge. Left. So she's
0: met Ben now.
1: Oh yeah. So Barbara has a moment afterwards. She doesn't does. she? Yeah. Um, but just a moment, thankfully, and she rallies quick. Um, Ben gives her a hug, a comforting hug, which I think was quite nice. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a nice touch that humanizes the, both of the characters. Yes. Um, Ben kills a couple more of the zombies and he himself has a moment of frustration, shedding a tear for the human life that existed before the zombies. Yeah. Uh, which i thought was quite nice as well Uh it's another um criticism of the original film i may have is that sometimes ben comes across quite cold Mm. and you know still likable but maybe a a little chilly at times in the original film i think he's a little more humanized in this one and it's it's the little touches like this that help to do that um Ben gives Barbara the pep talk the 1968 Barbara needed. (laughs) Basically, get your ass together, get your shit together, and fight. Um, (laughs) They try to make sense of the situation as they set about protecting the farmhouse and themselves before their hopeful rescue. So they're hoping that if they stay there long enough, someone's going to come along and save them. Yeah. Um... Ben refers to it as pure hell on earth. So I feel like that's a reference to Dawn of the Dead.
0: I think so. Definitely. Definitely. They uh, they discover other survivors hiding in a cellar of the house. (gasps) Harry Cooper, a selfish and argumentative husband. His wife, Helen. Their daughter, Sarah, who was bitten by a zombie and has fallen seriously ill. And teenage lovers, Tom Bittner and Judy Rose Larson. Teenage, I'm saying very loosely. Yeah, not quite white as whereas uh this film made ben and barbara more likable they fucking went all out with harry
1: (laughs) yes yeah harry is a grumpy almost explicitly racist prick um tom seems a little dopey to be honest and turns out he is uh judy rose who i thought might be the uh barbara substitute (laughs) And at the time she is, to be fair, um, she's easily flustered and screechy. She is. Helen Cooper, who's basic... Camp Queen. Camp Queen, but her basic plot line is she's had enough of Harry's shit. <laughs> and Sarah Cooper, who does not a lot and seems a lot older than... <laughs> it was a little jarring.
0: <laughs> she just seemed a lot older. Yeah, the original film, she is a child. Yeah. Um when it first showed her in the basement and this, it made me jump a little fucking hell. She she's so very tall. <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking taller than everyone else in the film. Um yeah. I mean Helen Cooper had absolutely no right to slay this merch with her fucking dressy up outfit and her pearl necklaces, her hairs looking grey. She she just wanted to have a good time. Uh, she's given me
1: Mary Tyler Moore. Um She's given me Marlo Thomas, yeah, and yeah, in a pearl with a pearl necklace.
0: She just wants to have a good time, but she's got a horrible husband. She yeah. has.
1: Well, you know, we all make choices, and marrying him was a choice. She so just to deal yeah. with it.
0: Letting him come inside her was another choice she shouldn't have made. Oh, Lord. Clearly, I mean, it's going to lead to a death. Great. Use a condom. The group is divided over what their next course of action should be. Harry believes everyone should retreat to the cellar and barricade the doors to wait for the authorities. Ben thinks the cellar is a death trap and that they would be better served uh, fortifying the house, which at least has alternative escape routes. And Barbara suggests that the group should simply leave the house on foot after she notices that the zombies are barely moving. Yeah. and
1: uh, So true. She may be right. And turns out she is right. Yeah. Um, but no one listens to her, so no. they start to board up the windows and doors, Harry refusing to open the door to gain access to stronger wood in the cellar. Um, Helen wants to be more cooperative with Ben and co, and uh, unfortunately gets a slap for her trouble.
2: She
1: she, g- she gives some back though, don't she? Yeah. Um, Harry is officially a piece of shit now, we already knew it anyway. Um, Ben and Harry argue and Judy Rose tells them about themselves. Um, which is very Barbara 1968. (laughs) Um, Barbara 1990 changes from her English teacher skirt into trousers. (laughs) Did you notice that? She is
0: given so much queer energy in this film and I'm here for
1: it. She is. She is. She was very, she was dressed like an English school teacher. Yeah. You know she she was and uh, she's like well I can't find zombies in this full length skirt.
0: no, I'm gonna dress like Ellen Ripley. I'm gonna dress, dress like t- Sarah Connor. I don't give a shit.
1: It was it was a bit and she has a denim jacket at some point and she's. <laughs> How would you describe what Patricia Torman is giving? She's given me a little bit of Molly Ringwald.
0: She's given me Mia Farrow who has absolutely had it with her shitty neighbors. And she's going to pick up a gun and deal with it. Yeah, maybe. She's given me a bit of Wilson Phillips. She is. Actually, Molly Ringwald's a good one, actually. She's got that haircut that we were discussing the other week on the podcast. That single white female haircut.
1: Yeah. And she's given me Mary Stuart Masterson from Some Kind of Wonderful. Yeah. Do you remember Some Kind Uh of Wonderful? Yeah. So she's given me all of that. She's given me very late 80s, early 90s denim that haircut yeah. that that wilson phillips haircut
0: but also send me a phone on rosemary's baby yeah yeah i can see it um the alternative sequel that we should have got where she's just had enough oh god yeah um god what was the sequel called look what's happened to rosemary's B- <laughs> Rose <laughs> baby jesus christ Raveled and not found out um have you ever heard so much fucking hammering in one film?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't, no. It
0: goes on for so long. Um, yeah, so uh, the the loud construction attracts a large mob of zombies to the farmhouse. The group devises a plan to escape using Ben's truck, which is out of fuel, by refueling a locked gas pump a few hundred yards away. Amazing scene, Um, whilst they're trying to board up the windows... Mr. Magruder, who I believe was a neighbour,
2: tries getting
0: through. And Barbara... Barbara fucking shoots him in the head. Gets him on the floor, shoots him in the head. And Judy Rose is like, You shot Mr. Magruder! (laughs) Uh, And another zombie is trying to climb through, just minding his own business. And Barbara's like, Fuck you, you twats. And starts just constantly shooting him. does. Does he look dead now? Does he look dead now? And then she absolutely tells... Everyone about themselves for Bickering.
1: She does. She does. Reads the room to fill. Judy Rose needs to figure out if she's a uh, a wimp or not. She needs to get it together. <laughs> I mean she looks like Meryl Streep, but <laughs> she needs she needs to make her mind up. She's either the Barbara or the Ellen Ripple. You know, you can't yeah. you can't be a wet blanket. Um Harry watches the TV where many theories are being thrown around about the zombies. Um. Yeah. This one's. What was it blamed on in the original film? Was it radio activity or something? I can't remember. May have been this one. I don't think it's ever really. It's never. I like when zombie films don't feel the need to explain why it's happening.
0: Yeah. You know, which is something this and Dawn of the Dead both. Yeah, and this day. Of course it fucking does. In the last ten minutes. All that bullshit. The original. Oh the oh no, I'm about the remix. But oh. yeah. No, I I think the original Day of the Dead does explain it. Um, if I remember right.
1: Confusingly, Harry goes to move the TV down to the cellar. Or at least it looks like he is. Yeah. Ben takes exception to this, obviously. They bicker. And the TV ends up falling down the stairs to the cellar. Yeah, Harry says you can't get reception in the cellar, dickhead. Um, then why was he looking so sneaky? So what was he actually going to do with the TV? I have no I idea. was confused. I didn't really understand that scene. Um, so we'll we'll forget it happened because <laughs> it didn't really come back either way. Um, as the zombie numbers grow, I think it's just a way to get rid of the TV. Yeah. So they don't learn. About what's happening mm-hmm. outside. Um, as the zombie numbers grow around the farmhouse, Barbara yet again suggests that they make a run for it. And it falls on uh, deaf ears. Yeah. Because Ben, Tom and Judy Rose, they decide to get the gas from the truck after finding the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the remake recreation of Naked Lady but from we the original. Do. We do. Same angle and everything. Um, inside Helen goes to save Barbara when Harry refuses. So there's a moment mm-hmm. where Barbara's grabbed and uh, Helen saves her when Harry's very reluctant to. Um and let's be honest, the plan goes tits up. It does. Um don't know what he was thinking. Dumbass Tom shoots the gas tank when the keys don't work. Causing a giant explosion that
0: engulfs both himself and Judy Rose. The latest in a long line of fools in podcast films who have managed to get themselves killed in explosions. Yes. (laughs) It's usually a helicopter. I mean, thankfully Ben fell out of the truck before they got there. So he didn't die at
1: that point. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: Such a... So stupid. It really
2: is. It really (laughs)
1: So stupid. (laughs) hilarious hilarious but so stupid like what did he think was going to happen um back in the cellar helen is bitten by sarah
0: yeah very quickly <laughs> um
1: yeah yeah it takes yeah and um the the blood splashes on the trowel doesn't it But yeah. the, the famous trowel from the original film isn't used as a weapon no sadly not. um harry tries to take the gun from barbara putting her in danger and leaving Ben locked outside with the zombies. He's uh, left outside alone, yes. much like Anastasia. Um, Harry then gets the gun from Barbara, just absolutely fuck all to help anyone, and tries to shoot Ben when Ben goes to shoot Sarah when she makes an appearance from the cellar yeah. after uh, having eaten her mother. Um, Barbara shoots Sarah. Yes, Queen. Uh, straight in the head, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry shoots Ben, and Ben shoots Harry. Yeah. Fucking you know, hell, it's turning into Reservoir Dogs. Um, Barbara leaves. Ben is forced to stay due to his injury, and Harry fucks off and hides in the attic. Um, Barbara finds um a Tom barbecue, zombies eating his roasting. Corn. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it was quite a funny visual, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And he's he's fucking stupid anyway. He deserves it. So, yeah, the zombies get some uh, hot food, do. which must be nice. Might be a bit chilly. <laughs> uh, ben is forced into the cellar and shoots zombie Helen. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's interesting that Ben has found himself in the cellar. Yeah when he was so adamant about not going to the cellar. Mm. And I think it's an interesting point of the film, because it kind of brings up for me, the idea that his bickering with Harry has in many ways been the catalyst for him eventually ending up where he initially refused to go. Yeah. And uh, he finds the real gas pump keys there, And has a a laugh to himself, realising himself, like I've realised as an audience member, that the squabbles inside the house have been just as detrimental as the zombies outside.
0: Yeah, which is... And if
1: he wasn't bickering so much, they probably would have listened to Barbara, who was a voice of reason, and fucked off much earlier, Mm -hmm. and hopefully have found you know safety um if they hadn't squabbled then the tv wouldn't have gotten broken um and the tv may have given them some advice on you know what was happening out there and what they could do
0: which is such an interesting take um which the original didn't really go with the the whole idea of cabin fever of them being in their but I mean, with us, mm. it obviously, you know, in film time, they were in there for such a long time. But for us, it didn't seem so long. But it means they're all in that house together whilst all this was going on for a fair amount of time with people they would never met before. And the fact they all started going crazy, like gradually, apart from Barbara, who fully had the situation in hand the whole time. Yeah. I think it may have had a lot something to do with Evil Dead being released between this and the original Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm i feel like that may may have played a part in it Um, but it's done really well done really well um and yet it's good because obviously ben's such a likable character and then you just realize after all of this no one really needed to die
1: no not no not really because we then cut to barbara who is found quite quickly Mm, yeah and uh She's saved by some... I, I call them vigilante
0: zombie hunters. I wouldn't yeah, really know how countryside to... Countryside locals. Yeah. Stereotypical countryside locals. Yeah. Say, um, who are just having a great time playing around with zombies and shooting them. And...
1: Yeah, she's she's quite disturbed by the sideshow antics of uh, the zombie hunters making a, a real spectacle of killing the zombies.
0: Yeah, quite a powerful scene. Um. Several zombies are uh, lynched from a tree, uh, and this was in fact in the original nineteen sixty eight film, uh, but it was cut because of the racial tensions gripping the country at the time. Mm. And this pays homage to that cut. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it, I think it that one shot alone says a lot of the allegories that this and the original film are trying to go for.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I do wish. Particularly with the Harry character, because he comes across as as racist. I wished maybe they were a little more explicit about that. Yeah. And about how, you know, Harry's um, bigotry was the catalyst for a lot of the issues. Mm -hmm. You know, Ben shouldn't just take his bullshit. Helen shouldn't just take his bullshit. No. know he shouldn't be dishing out all this bullshit he's so concerned and he was so concerned with ben and ben taking charge and him having an issue with ben Mm -hmm. from the get-go which to me is racism yeah um that he was so bothered by that Mm -hmm. that it again it created um a bigger issue Inside the house, then the zombies outside. Yeah, you know the calls are coming from inside the house. Um, which I think was really interesting, and I just I wish maybe they would have been a little more ballsy with it, and just said we're gonna go there. Yeah, and we're gonna make this maybe a little more explicit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is my reading of the film. If it, what, yeah, if it no, wasn't so... the filmmaker's intentions, then
0: I, I mean, I'm sure it was. I mean, there's but always I a lot. Feel, of, yeah, there's always a lot of debate as to whether it was intentional with the original or not, with what they do with the Ben character and that. And, and I believe fully intentional. Yeah, um, you know? absolutely. Um, and it, you know, zombie films they do make for a great allegory for stuff like this, which is why it's a shame that in the great zombie boom of the late 2000s, we had so many basic ones just being thrown out there without much effort put into them whatsoever. Um, When you have the ability to have a message in a film. Mm. And I think even without being explicit about it in this film, it's still obvious. It's still there. They should have gone a little further with it, but it's still obvious. You know, it's never forced to the background that the fact that even a zombie apocalypse can't stop Harry... Being a massive racist exactly, and getting himself killed because exactly, of but we're about to get to him getting himself killed. Um, yes, when Barbara goes to the farmhouse uh, with the the people that found her, uh, she finds Ben who is now a zombie and he gazes at her like he has some sort of recognition, but he's shot by the locals and Sheriff
1: McClelland. Yes, yeah, rest in
0: peace, Ben.
1: Um, yeah, it's uh, I mean. Obviously, having known the original, yeah, I did feel like if um any of the characters were gonna go, I felt like we were probably gonna get uh, you know, someone surviving. Mm. Um and I didn't think it was gonna be Ben. Um and it wasn't. Um Do you know who else survived?
0: But
1: not for long. Harry. He appears for a little jump scare. Um, he's not a zombie, and uh, he's just saying, you came back. Yeah. Uh, to which Barbara shoots him right between the eyes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, tells him
0: that he's in the one for the fire. Yes. And then Barbara watches the bodies burn as the film ends. Yes. Barbara's survival uh, in this film is actually based on the idea that Romero wanted Barbara in the original to be the sole survivor. Um, not mad that that didn't happen in the original, but I'm very glad that it happened here.
1: So, why did he decide in the original not to have Barbara? That, that isn't explained.
0: That. He hasn't explained that. But...
1: Um, yeah, I'm glad she wasn't. You yeah. can't be that much of a wimp throughout a film and then survive.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So, Night of the Living Dead, 1990.
1: Night of the Living Dead, nineteen ninety. Um doesn't steer too far from the original plot-wise. No. uh, Except for the ending, which I think does work in a a we-need-a-final-girl kind of way, but does lose some of the impact of the original. You know, this is, remember, past uh, the slasher boom. Yeah. Where, you know, the final girl... This was, as far as I know, a studio film. Yeah. I think if the original Night of the Living Dead was a studio film, we wouldn't have gotten that ending. Studios don't like downbeat no. endings. I mean, everyone died in the yeah. original. Everyone died. You ain't getting a sequel out of that, are you? <laughs> no. um, more graphic than the original with some really good special effects. Um, I know Tom Savini didn't do the special effects, but, you know, if he's directing a film, you know that he's going to make sure whoever's Uh doing the special effects is the best there is. Yeah. Um, And like I said earlier, you know, two criticisms of the original film were the female uh, female representation and, you know, the sometimes cold nature of Ben and that that's something that's fixed in 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 this one and i'm assuming it's something that george romero wanted to fix yeah which is why he you know wrote it the way he
0: did i mean for me this is genuinely so so close to being as good as the original like it really isn't that far off this is definitely up there as one of the best horror remakes um this is my first time watching it Mm. and it really really I, i didn't expect it to be that good i really didn't um because, you know, with Night of the Living Dead being a public domain film, we have many, many, many spin-off sequels, remakes, this, that, the other animated films, three D remakes. And, you know, it's difficult to find a good one in that bunch. So the fact that, you know, Tom Savini clearly had a love for the originals, clearly good friends with Romero. Uh, Romero wrote this, you know, all of that combined makes us a hit. It's just, it's just so good. Mm-hmm.
1: No, But it's, it, it could
0: have been easy for it to just be a phone-in remake of uh, a public domain film. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Absolutely. So get into the awards section, we have Biggest Queen, and of course, who else is it going to go to? Of course, it's Barbara. It
1: is Barbara. She, yeah, she kills
0: it. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. The strong female lead that the original needed. Mm. Here to save the day, giving queer energy, serving cunt, and... In yeah, that out in those outfits, should I in say? In those it? outfits, so that denim jacket. Uh biggest gasp, I've got Harry Cooper shooting Ben. Yeah. Cause I knew it was coming. I knew someone was gonna kill Ben, but when Harry did it, I was like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that.
1: Yeah. Um I put Barbara shooting Harry mm. in the head.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought they would have went for something maybe different. I didn't think she was just outright straight away going to shoot him in the head. She did. Good on her. Uh,
0: Best dialogue I have. You shot Mr. Magruder by (laughs) Judy Rose. I have Johnny's infamous line. They're horny, Barbara. They've been dead a long time. (laughs) Uh, And that's camp. I have melodramatic Helen Cooper and her fancy outfit, including pearl necklace. I have. Don't shoot. That's Mr. Magruder. <laughs> that's Camp. Um, and, and two new sections for this episode. What did it do better than the original? And I know you mentioned obviously um, Barbara and Ben. Is there yes. anything else? Um,
1: no, no. I think they're the things that it did better. Yeah. That's the thing. It the things that it improved on from the original. Yeah. There's other things that it did differently, but it didn't need improving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the effects from the original, they didn't really need improving. No, no.
0: I have got it down on mine, but only because they add more of it. And in this mm. case, more is more, and it, it really works. The the added violence and gore. Uh, of course, Barbara um, being turned into a strong female lead. And I put the pacing as well. I thought the pacing was much better in this one. Okay, now, I mean, obviously, I think the original's a five star classic, and this doesn't take away from that at all. Um, but I just feel like it still has its moments of character development, but doesn't drag them on too long. It just it has a really smooth pace. Yeah. Yeah. What did it do worse than the original? I've got Sarah's coming back to life and killing the mother scene because it just wasn't as impactful as mm. the original. Uh, and shooting it in color because I think that takes away from the eerie atmosphere of the original. Um, I agree. I definitely
1: agree with you on Helen Cooper's death scene. Mm. It was done way better in the original. Uh, way better. I I think some of the characterizations, uh, could have been a, a little better. Um, but I I don't think it did anything work it's difficult because obviously we're talking how many years in between oh yeah 22 so all the kind of things that it you know did worse than you did better than the original the original didn't necessarily need Mm. it just kind of spruced up different areas so I, i didn't think it did anything worse really mm. apart, apart from Helen Cooper that yeah. that scene just wasn't yeah it just wasn't as good
0: and onto our rating section I give it nine annoying Johnnys out of 10 nine annoying Johnnys out of ten. <laughs> I give it
1: nine Mr Magruders out of 10. <laughs>
0: uh masterpiece trash to piece trash or basic i've got close to masterpiece yeah if it had just fixed a few things that could have been a horror masterpiece
1: yeah i i completely agree it's edging so close to
0: masterpiece it really 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 well done yeah which makes me excited for savini's uh nightmare city okay because it's you know he's got a lot more control now he's doing this is his own film you know if you, you gave this
1: film 9 out of 10, yeah. Tom Savini has gone on record to say that this film mm-hmm. is only representative of 40% exactly. of his ideas. Exactly.
0: So can you imagine how good it'll be with all of his ideas? Well, how do you know? Well, we hope anyway. How
1: do you know that that 60% wasn't what you gave 9 out of 10?
0: Because it's Tom and, Savini, and I Tom, trust Tom, Tom Savini. Tom Savini decided that
1: Helen Cooper's death scene should be a bit shit.
0: I, I don't. I doubt, that, I doubt that. Anyways, moving on to our next feature, it's 2004's Dawn of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder, uh, who of course is famous for his whole Justice League situation. <laughs>
1: uh yes, um which. I made the hilarious joke, because we were watching the director's cut of Dawn of the Dead. I said, is this the Snyder Cut?
0: And technically, it wasn't even a joke, cause you were right. Yeah. Yeah. Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Army of the Dead, Sucker Punch, Watchmen 300, Legend of the Guardians, He's done music videos for Michael Michael Romance, Morrissey, Rod Stewart, ZZ Top, Peter Murphy, Soul Asylum, and Lizzie Borden.
1: Right. Uh, based on the screenplay by It's given me
0: every other remake in the 2000s <laughs> it's,
1: it's given me um, straight
0: culture. <laughs> oh, this uh, film is straight culture straight, in a film. It's, it's yeah. One hundred and eight minutes of straight it's culture. It's given me a culture
1: that I don't necessarily <laughs> understand.
0: Um, which is why it? Why makes sense? Why I enjoyed it so much? Ba- did did we watch Batman versus Superman? <laughs> yes did we yeah is it good mm-hmm. A Bit A basic so we gave it the same rating as, as i gave this oh, okay <laughs> did we you enjoyed justice league more though yeah that was that was long though weren't it it was for me we watched it in parts though i think yeah that helped. I, I like his version of justice league my favorite film of his though is watchmen watchmen is fantastic it's really
1: good was justice league completely in black and white to remember.
0: No, we watched the colour version. But there is a version all in black and white. Oh, well, yeah. that, that classic aspect ratio yeah, as well. well. Uh, based on the screenplay by Sorry, tangent, Romero but... and written by James Gunn. <gasps> all people. Of course, you will know James Gunn. Uh, writer Paidophile of...
1: jokes. <laughs> well,
0: it, it was a long time ago. He was deeply involved with uh, with trauma. Some of the homophobia in the writing for this film is slightly less forgivable. It's weird. Tromeo and Julia, uh Sliver, love Sliver, Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, uh the Suicide Squad, you know, he made DC. He made it good again. So uh He made DC, <laughs>
1: he made it good again. Scooby Doo, Court cool Classic are you, are you even gay? <laughs> you okay. The- you just used the phrase, he saved DC, he made it good again.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't really matter because they're in dire straits again. Um, but yeah, of course, he made that and he made Peacemaker, which we loved as well. Um, Scooby-Doo, cool Classic, Super, and <laughs> lots more, but including Movie 43. Oh no. That fucking disaster of a film. Um, James Glenn claims that he received a massive amount of fan backlash, including death threats, when he signed to this film, because most of the hate messages claim the hack who wrote the Scooby-Doo movies shouldn't be in charge of Dawn of the Dead. scooby is great. How fucking dare you? I don't remember explicitly the Scooby-Doo
1: films. We need to re-watch them They're, they're gay classics now. Um, but... Wow, people are weird, aren't they? They're so weird. People take stuff so... Seriously, I understand we have a podcast on films. We like films. but oh, Fucking hell. calm you fucking tits. Imagine sending death threats. Imagine sending death threats to
0: someone because, because of it. God. I mean, we could do a whole series of episodes on uh, toxic fandom. But, yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Um, and, so, and so, I mean, Zack Snyder's a name associated with it. I mean, his fans pretty much and many internet bots bullied warner brothers into making his film i suppose so yeah you know it's it's fucking crazy um george romero enjoyed this film he he had reservations about some elements but he was surprisingly impressed with it yeah um budget 26 million dollars it made 102.2 million dollars worldwide mm. universal uh, slashed the film's budget quite a lot after the failure of house of the dead fearing there was no public appetite for zombie movies anymore which is amusing because house of the dead was a year before so a year later you had this and you had shawn of the dead both of which are massive cult cool classics now yeah uh i mean this made more than its money back at the box office i remember when this was first released i remember the hype around it I remember seeing it when it first came out, and I remember loving it. It was when I was first getting into films properly around that time. And I had watched this before I watched the original, sadly. And I thought it was great. I thought it was so scary. I thought it was so cool, so stylish. 2022 changes things.
1: Yeah, I remember it when it came out, and no one. I remember watching it illegally around his <laughs> house. Um, yeah, and I remember enjoying it. Yeah. 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 I mean, how many years later? 18 years later? Yeah. 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 Not so much.
0: And, I mean, the thing is, you know, we're probably going to. Some people might be pissed off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, we've got a lot to say. we got a lot to say. I, a lot of people love this film, and fair play, you know, it's not a bad film. Um, a lot of people love this film like some people have said it's better than the original
1: okay. you know you're entitled to your wrong opinion <laughs> i i i, I just um you know i'm not here to tell anyone how to think and feel i'm just telling you how i think and feel yeah. and you know if, if you enjoy something that i don't then props to you you yeah. know you know it would be nice if i went Rest of my life, enjoying every single film I watched.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: know, mean, that's unlikely to happen. But obviously, I don't sit down wanting to watch crap or yeah. basic shit. Gary makes me watch crap. Well, that's and not Basic true. shit. That's not true. i did
0: it for the course of entertainment and podcasts. Yeah,
1: sure. We did it for the podcast gods. Sure.
0: Um, do you think we might know anyone in this film?
1: Um, I think we know people in this film but um, oh, oh shit I fucked that up I fucked it up I fucked it up because I've already said it once i it again during this episode <laughs> I, I've
0: <laughs> you are got to do it a third time as well so oh fucking hell you
1: I can't think of any other ways to say it hey I know you oh, Thanks.
0: Uh, Sarah Polly <laughs> it's what it's what you deserve Sarah Polly plays Anna um she star of go my life without me the sweet hereafter splice existence the david Cronenberg film sugar exotica pretty kill one magic christmas the big town blue monkey uh an episode of the friday the 13th tv series and many more
1: yeah i was surprised to see sarah polly in a film like this because she was very much a bit of an indie darling Mm. um a bit like parker posey yeah in that sense uh before parker posey was in scream 3 which was another kind of shock yeah you know um yeah i haven't seen i've seen go i saw go many many years ago um she also directed if i believe a film with julie christie fairly recently um, so yeah, she, but she was she was always known as like a, the indie girl. Mm. She was in all the yeah. indie indie films. Um so it was nice to see her get a bigger payday. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even
0: if she's playing a fucking insulting role. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Strong female lead, <laughs> I don't
1: think. It's um, a difficult
0: it's a difficult one. <laughs> we have more to say as well. Yes. We uh, I'll give you a brief history of Vin Grames, who plays Kenneth, mainly because we recently gave you a full history in the Piranha 3 D episode. Oh, we did. Go check it out for a full list. Um, but Pulp Fiction, the Mission Impossible films, Jacob's Ladder, and today's third film, Day of the Dead. Oh. He's in both of these. Different characters. Uh, one film at a higher budget and could afford him for more, Clearly. He he actually went directly to the producers when he heard this film was being remade and said he wanted to be in it because the black guy lives. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Ving Rhames is. I really always great. really like Ving Rhames. I I really do, and he doesn't always have the best dialogue or the best things to do. The best choices it, in roles. Oh, best choices <laughs> in roles. Um, but his delivery. I, I enjoy watching Ving Rains yeah. as, as the actor. I really do. I, 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 even though he was around three double D in Day of the Dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mackay, yeah, two half star films. <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer uh, plays Andre, and he was in I Still Know What He Did Last Summer, previous podcast film. Honey, Eight Mile, ER, Love Victor, O. Oh, Shaft from the two, from two thousand, Clockers, Husbands, Soul Food, House Kitchen, and much more.
1: Yes, Mackay Pfeiffer of um, what's the Lose Yourself fame? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when his name checked, yeah. Um, I don't remember watching any of his films when I was younger. There was a big deal made of oh there it was, was a teen version of Othello.
0: I was tempted and to pick it up. No and... one watched it. Well, I was tempted to pick it up from CX for a pound. Oh, you and, should. You may get it next time. Well, and, Julia uh, Stiles. Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Josh Hartnett, definitely. Uh, Jake Webber plays Michael. He was in Meet Joe Black, Medium, U571, 13 Reasons Why, White House Down, The Haunting of Molly Hartley. Two people from that um, on this episode. Those who wish me dead, the Sal, close to Eden, and more. She Hulk, Breath
1: of
0: What Dawns. So- she Hulk. What? Oh, Tim. Tim Roth. Tim this Roth. is yeah. the one
1: thing about what's his name? Jake. Jake Weber. Jake Webber. One thing about Jake Weber, and it, it 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 didn't annoy me. But Wait, t- I think
0: you're on about Steve. Am I not about Steve? Uh, which one was Steve? No, we Michael. fast forward in my notes. No, no, film. Steve
1: was the arsehole.
0: Electronic salesman Michael. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah,
0: um, all, all the white the same. Yeah, it
1: took me out a little bit that how much he looked like Tim Roth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, behind the camera, Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy Thompson in *Nightmare on Elm Street*, uh, was a member of the production crew on this film. Denise-, Denise Cronenberg, sister of David Cronenberg, was the costume designer on this film. Ooh. Queen's behind the camera.
1: Yes. Um. And do you know what a film could have needed? I mean, Heather Langenkamp was... <laughs> getting in front of that camera and giving us a performance.
0: <laughs> what, playing um, Dora? What was the fucking name? Throwing out the, the oldness. The old queen. What's the name? Oh, the yeah. Old, that's that's really rude. Um, <laughs> Older. The old. Norma. Norma.
1: Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ageism on the podcast um you are you have my permission to cancel <laughs> gary at any time you like oh, i'm sure i've said worse i'm
0: before. um for our most excited help for, for our most <laughs> well no not in a cancel me kind of way sorry. sorry i pushed you down the stairs but i murdered someone last week so <laughs> think you lucky as an explicit stuff um but for every slip-up i have i have something scandalous and sh- i'm just gonna shut up in front of the camera, you may recognize UK MTV host Alex Zane as a zombie, as well as MTV and MTV2 VJ Ian Robinson and members of Rue Morgue magazine, all as zombies.
1: I can honestly tell you no, I didn't recognize <laughs> any of those people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of zombies in this film, a lot of characters. Anyway, it's time for our second. I wasn't
1: even on the lookout. I know you mentioned the Alex Zane one, but I, I did forget.
0: <laughs> time for our second. we will do that to you. Our second feature presentation. Is this a
1: health hazard or a military concern? Both. Are these things alive or dead? We don't know.
2: On March 19th, how do you kill what's already dead? <laughs> See anybody you saw hell yesterday ah. now you ready to roll Dawn of the dead it's march
0: 19th yeah, going going back slightly it's actually quite interesting the mtv involvement considering this is very much you know how the lost boys was a very mtv 80s film yeah this is a very mtv 2004 film
1: um Yes, it's definitely of its time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a product of two thousand
0: and four. So definitely
1: a product of Zack Snyder in two thousand
0: and four. In the ten minute opening sequence that I would like to call Zack Snyder's zombie film. Yeah. Uh, we have Anna Clark who, after finishing a long shift as a nurse at the Milwaukee County Hospital, drives home whilst listening to Have a Nice Day by Stereophonics. She does. <laughs> can I,
1: can I have a nice day. Very two personal
0: um, Yeah, she the a long shift. The
1: doctors would rather talk about their golfing plans. <laughs> and um, there's one patient that was in a bar fight and was bitten. Who subsequently has had to have a head x-ray and a toxicology report. Uh, which is surprising, considering he was just bitten on the hand. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We all know where this is going. But it's it's it, I thought that was nice. I thought it was a nice bit of foreshadowing. It was interesting. It was like, ooh, you know, shit. We're, we're right in the middle of it. Like, you know, the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When Anna gets home
0: to what, her what? suburban, perfect suburban neighbourhood, it very and much perfect is. husband Lewis, what does Lewis give her? His dick in the shower. Yes, a good
1: railing <laughs> in the shower. Um, Which again is really surprising. I didn't think Sarah Polly would do like, sort of, I'm assuming it's a body double. I, I
0: don't, know. Um, I don't there's, know. There's no. <laughs> there's no. <laughs> Don't of to voice that. There. There's no You're enjoying that scene. No, no trivia, trivia. Flashback. No trivia to say it's not Sarah Polly. Um they miss, whilst they're getting on in the shower, they miss an emergency news bulletin. <gasps> the next morning so did
1: I actually it's not in my notes.
0: The next morning, Vivian, a girl from the he- neighborhood, randomly enters their bedroom. Something Lewis does not seem surprised by. <laughs> Well, he seems more concerned
1: for her than shocked or um, scared of what's going on. Until he sees her face, which she's only got half of.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck. Vivian's here.
1: Vivian (laughs) bites Louis. Yes. And uh, Louis loses his shit and goes after Anna. He does. Uh, So Anna ends up in the bathroom. Um, and escapes through the window. Yeah. Yeah, she goes through the towns and everything, (laughs) through the neighbourhoods, and everything has gone to shit.
0: Yeah, a neighbour threatens to shoot her, but gets run over by an ambulance. Yeah,
1: um, there's explosions, people being chased, people being killed, car crashes. A nude woman. A nude woman. randomly strolling around. Um, you can tell it's, it's there's a budget there. The, this yeah. is this is despite them cutting, there is a budget there.
0: Yeah, you can see all the explosions in the distance. Yeah. Um, it's 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 great. It's the best ten minutes of this film.
1: Yeah, she eventually crashes, and then the opening credits start.
0: Yeah, and that's when Dawn of the Dead starts. So the way I look at it is, for me, that is like a Zack Snyder zombie short film. Does open in ten minutes. Yeah, it it does a great job of building up the character of Anna. You know, some great character development there. We know who she is. We know her job. We know her husband, who's died. Which we're sure she'll be really distraught about for the rest of the film. Um, you know, we've already had a child fucking turns someone into a zombie. A child missing half a face. It's pretty extreme for an opening ten minutes of a film. You know, some of the best in the two thousands. So good. Really intense. Really, really gets you going and hyped up for the rest of the film. It kind of becomes a bit basic once it becomes a Dawn of the Dead remake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it loses that momentum quite quickly.
0: The potential is clearly there. This is yeah. Zack Snyder's first film. And you know, And he really constructed 10 minutes of expertly executed horror, which is yeah. impressive for a first film. Um, but yeah, and then even even the opening credits, you know, we get zombies and news reports set to the man comes around by Johnny Cash. It's really good opening credits.
1: Um, I feel like there was some real life news footage. There was, there was some, yeah, there was,
0: yeah. Um, which would be good if Zack Snyder had something to say. I don't think he has a thing to say in this film. Uh, Um, the original was obviously consumerism with touches of racism in the opening scene as well, you know. It's yeah. uh, really clever social commentary. I don't think this has any. I really don't. I don't I don't think so. No. Um yeah, she wakes up, she join forgets that she had a husband, um, joins police sergeant Kenneth Hall, named uh, after Ken Foray, of course, from the original. Uh electronics salesman Michael Shaughnessy, petty criminal Andre and his pregnant wife Luda. Um. Yes, it's it's weird.
1: The sense that she kind of um, and I don't know if it's a deliberate thing, but it's almost like The Wizard of Oz, where she's they're just walking and people just sort of gather, yeah, and join. And whereas in the original, there's that connection still there. Mm-hmm. You know, Fran and uh, Flyboy were in a relationship. Yeah. They knew um, Steve? Steve? Steve. No, Flyboy with Steve. F- yeah,
0: Ken Foray.
1: Uh, no, no, no. What's the other one? God, I can't well, they knew him. <laughs> it's
0: terrible. One of my favourite film.
1: I know. Um, who was friends with the Ken Foray character? I know the actor's names. I forget. Car- I'm terrible with characters' names. Um, so there was that connection there. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's literally no connection yeah. between these people. So it's, it's literally like The Wizard of Oz without the song and dance numbers. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I only had a brain or if I only didn't get pregnant, this would be a lot easier. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, Kenneth, a cop, Andre, Mackay Pfeiffer, Luda, pregnant, Michael,
0: not Tim Roth.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
0: break into a nearby shopping mall and waste no time getting to that. Oh my God this film
1: does not stop no like literally but it's this is literally within what the span of 10 minutes all these she's picked up these people and they're like oh the mall's over there Mm -hmm. so then let's let's go to the mall yeah and break in and that's it and that's it for the rest of the like we're at the mall Mm -hmm. whereas with the original and i I think the original is one of the best films ever made Mm -hmm. fantastic um, whereas with the original, we we got to know some shit first. Yeah. We got yeah. to know the characters. But these are just like, there's them all. Let's go. But it's
0: like you know who Anna is. And it's kind of like James Gunn and Zack Snyder. Are like, okay, well, you know who she is. That's all you need to know. That's, that's That kind of feels like what it is. She's a nurse. No- which is ridiculous. So you'll have sympathy for yeah, her. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Because, you know, all of her character development that's built up kind of doesn't really matter when she just dismisses everything that happened in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's just forgotten about. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert, for the
1: whole film, it's like fucking Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, this bitch has joined the fight. This bitch has joined the It first. is like a is competition. Fuck. It is like it a is competition people. to see how
0: many characters you get on screen at the same time. It's
1: so stupid. The thing, I might as well say it now, because I'm going to keep bringing it up, because my biggest issue with this film, there are too many characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bitch, this is not an ensemble film. No, it didn't this, need it, to be. You know, if Robert Altman was directing it, I'd <laughs> say go for it. But he's not. Too many fucking characters. Yeah. yeah, And it begins here. Mm -hmm. Because literally, tell me one thing,
0: one thing about Luda that isn't... She's pregnant. Uh, well I can actually It's so next it... in my notes She is slightly bitten By a zombie Who attacks them When well, they get in there Well there we go um, I, mean, I mean her I, What do you what know he, about I, her? I, you know what I know about her? The fact that she's Russian And her Russian accent Sounds fake as fuck It doesn't make any sense She made some acting choices um It kind of feels like Zack Snyder only directed the men In this film It feels and a little was it, it felt like the women Were just left To do whatever the fuck they want um, But hey it's a dude bro film So there we go very very straight. Three um, guards. Speaking of straight, three oh. guards: C.J. Bart and Terry, slimy characters who genuinely feel like they've just came off the set of an Eli Roth or Rob Zombie film in two
1: thousand and four. Um, it's given um, Seth Rogan. Yeah, that, those characters. sort of comedies from that time. It's kind of yeah.
0: Um, Paul Blart, more Cop. Paul Blart, Mall not quite. I think I one was trying to look like him. I've never um, seen that. Have you ever seen that? Um, yes, yeah. both of them. Well, just the first one. Oh. Enough. Thank you. Um,
1: should I call myself CJ? My middle name is John. Should I be CJ? Yeah, go for it.
0: <laughs> CJ in particular is trying to be the Tom Savini character from the original. I I feel that's what they, it was a homage to. Now the Tom Savini character in the original, all of the the biker gang in the original. Were bad guys because they were in leather, they had great facial hair, and they had machetes and motorbikes. That's all we needed to know. We knew they were bad guys. I know it's the seventies; it's a very different time, but we knew they were bad guys. We knew they were there for a bad time for the good guys. These three—they were the people that didn't want to get along with other people. Yeah. So
1: they, they, in the original, they shit hit the fan Mm -hmm. because of them. Yeah. Because they were incapable of not being dickheads yeah. and wanting to yeah. rob and steal and act
0: foolishly. These guys, we have to know they're unlikable. It, we can't be given it certainly. It, they, they show up and immediately, oh, fuck you, doing? I'm going to fucking lock you up, you fucking queers. And like, it's immediately, it's like, okay, what the fuck is this? Like, they are just so immediately unlikable. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hold you prisoner. Why? Why are you locking them in a fucking store? What are you
1: doing? Because they don't know why people are going crazy.
0: Yeah, but still, the way they're written it is so ham-fisted. it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, they're 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 twats. they, yeah. are, they are idiots. You know, Bart drops the uh, F slur later on he and does. suggests that Terry shows Anna how to use her mouth. Why did we need that? Why Why do we need that? Yeah, you know the two thousands are fucking wild. Like I genuinely, any film from two thousands, you watch it and. You see, it's got a, a straight right. You expect the F slot Yeah, there's always going to be some sort of iffy, iffy content. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: But yeah, they make them surrender their weapons in exchange for refuge. Uh, they watch the news, which includes an interview of a cop played by Tom Savini. Uh, before the they, before they split into groups to secure the mall, Tom Savini's little cameo is great. He does the same, but I'm forgiving Tom Savini. Like, <laughs> he shoots someone. Oh, she's a twitcher. Oh fucking deal with her! I was like, okay, Tom Savini, you, we know you're not meant to be a likable cop, but but we'll forgive you. What do you mean, deal, kill her? yeah, that you do not get in your notes. The zombie twitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, they're also doing the same thing with Tom Savini. It's like, okay, he's a cop. He's he's really unlikable. How can we make this unlikable? It's like, have him talk like he's not a normal cop. Have him like, oh "Oh, yeah, don't give a shit. I'll try and make him likable. No, trying to make him unlikable. Trying too hard. Did
1: you not think? No. No, I thought it was. No, no, I think they were trying to make him look cool. He was doing, he was doing the whole shoot him in the head thing from the original.
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Um, Yeah, because one one of them says, now there's one cool motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They go about securing the building and painting an SOS message on the roof as the zombie population outside grows. The non-security guards are locked in a furniture store and begin to bicker. Um, Michael thinks he's the leader, despite selling TVs for a living. Andre, it's revealed steals TVs. And Kenneth is just looking for his brother, and he's had enough of their shit already.
0: <laughs> There's uh, another survivor. Isn't there? Who? Andy. <laughs> Exactly. If there's one character this film didn't need, it's fucking Andy. So on the roof oh, they Andy. spot Andy who is stranded in his gun store. And seriously, I think all you need to know. Stranded in his gun store across uh, the zombie infested parking lot. And he's he's there holding up signs to people haven't even it. It is one thing
1: about the original and this one. If a zombie apocalypse ever happened here in the UK, we'd be screwed. Because all these films are so reliant on good. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Um, okay. I mean, I've, I've got a knife in the kid. <laughs> we would be screwed.
0: But...
2: It sounded like you said,
0: but you should have finished your word then. It sounded like you said, I've got a knife in the kid. Oh, kitchen, kitchen.
2: Oh, did I? Oh,
0: kitchen, kitchen. Not murdering children.
1: Can you um, add in that bag with knife in the kitchen? Um,
0: yeah. The film started off with a child murderer,
1: but zombie films are not a reason to not have gun control. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That... you
0: cannot cite
1: Dawn of the Dead. I kind of hope this is.
0: I kind of hope this is a satire. I, I kind of, you know, I don't know if it is. No, it's not. Because it, it really is. Do you know what,
1: it doesn't need to be a satire. No, it doesn't have to be a satire. It just has to be entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes films just have to be entertaining. It, because... But some of it's cringy. To if the they're point not out. just going to rehash the original film, mm-hmm. then just be an entertaining horror action film. Yeah. It's okay. There's a place for that mm-hmm. as well. You know? Um. But they've... Yeah, Andy.
0: Yeah. A broadcast from a television uh, features a group of police officers uh, burning the corpses uh, of the zombies, followed by a bigoted... Uh, and they obviously tell him to shoot him in the head and, you know, etc, etc. This is followed by a bigoted televangelist played by star of the original Ken Ferre, giving a speech... From Keenan and Cal fame. Yes. Uh, giving a speech... That ends with the iconic, when there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And I'm so glad they gave this to uh, to Ken Ferre. Did you not
1: get what he was blaming for the zombies? Yeah, gays. What he was blaming? (laughs) Gays and uh, abortions. Premarital sex, (laughs) abortions and same-sex marriage and men lying with men. Mm -hmm. And yet, I still found Ken Ferre
0: very (laughs) likable. More likable than most of the other characters in the film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but no, this is what I mean by satire, though. Like, something like that that's is something you'd expect to that's see in a satire.
1: That's definitely a satire. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Um, the next day, a delivery truck carrying... <gasps> yeah, but shit like that still exists. Oh, I know, you yeah. Know, yeah it, exactly. it wasn't too
1: long ago that gay marriage was blamed for um, hurricanes. Hey,
0: in America, certain states in America, they're, uh, let's, let's just say it sounds like there's plans to uh, get rid of yeah no absolutely Uh, you know let's let's not talk about florida um but yeah the next day uh delivery stuck uh, stock a delivery stock what the fuck am i talking about a delivery truck carrying more survivors (laughs) because that's what we needed more characters that's what we needed Uh, enters the lot pursued by
1: zombies because what we needed was to take a film that had
0: four main characters And triple it. Yeah, brace yourself. We now have Norma, Steve, Tucker, Monica, Glenn, Frank, and his daughter, Nicole.
1: Uh, Yeah. so I'm going to go through them just to to help you out and help me out. Steve, a smug dickhead. Norma, an older lady, but not a Karen. Nicole has red hair. (laughs) Tucker wears a trucker cap. An old lady wheeled in on a wheelbarrow who looks very much like...
0: <laughs> I haven't included her yet. I've got a special part for her.
1: An old lady wheeled in on a wheelbarrow who looks very much like every zombie they have encountered so far, but no one seems to care. Frank, an older gentleman who has been bitten, Nicole's father. Monica, crop top. Glenn. Midriff. <laughs> old gay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, literally. Did gay. I miss anyone? No. Um. Okay. But yeah, another woman is too ill to walk. Uh, she's wheeled inside in world barrow Genuinely, this entire sequence made me realize how terrible the Anna character is. And, and you, know, you know what? Not even just Anna. How terrible the majority of these characters are. That woman is clearly a zombie. Like, yeah. you have seen so many zombies by this point, yeah. you know what they look like. Why the fuck are you wheeling her inside? <laughs> and unsurprisingly, she dies, reanimates, and attacks them. She does. So, but Anna kills her
1: quite quickly.
0: She does. Yeah. So Anna has
1: these moments of like, "Yes, Queen." Yeah. But then other moments like, "Why are you
0: stupid?" Which is coming up now. I mean, after she's killed, the group determines that the disease is passed by bites. Uh, to which they realise that Frank has been bitten. So, uh, obviously, you know, common sense. Michael's like, well, yeah, we've got to kill him, obviously. Anna says, you can't kill him, he's got a daughter. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure that old lady that you just fucking willed into the mall just to murder has an entire family. There we go. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. It
1: It's... Kind of treated when Anna realizes that the bites are creating the zombies, she um, it, it there's kind of like a eureka moment, and it's like, well, sure, has that not been established yet? Yeah, exactly. Like, this has been going on a while Has yeah. it They've been on the news. Like, you, do you know what I mean? They've been watching the news constantly. Like, surely she wasn't the first one ever bitten, exactly. Um, well. What, I mean, what about her fucking husband that she forgot about? Oh yeah, I did say I ain't gonna lie. I said Anna literally it took thirty seconds to mourn her dead husband. Decided
0: to be a bit of a badass, also a bit thick, but a bit of a badass still. But <laughs>
2: well, like
0: yeah. Um, so she then storms over to Frank and's like, Frank, Michael's coming to shoot you. <laughs> His name was Rick. No, Frank. Who the fuck's Rick? <laughs> Frank, Michael's coming to shoot you. Um. I don't know. Everyone, you know, is logically saying, "Yeah, of course we need to shoot him." Um,
1: this, this is, this is what I don't get: is that Anna is so against the idea of killing him, despite her very accurate <laughs> discovery, mm-hmm. like he's going to become a zombie. I mean, you took a nanosecond to kill the bitch in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Like, what was it? You gave your husband 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> maybe not even that of screen time in this... How long's this film? Narrow, uh, 108 minutes. 108 minute film. Less than a minute was dedicated to her mourning <laughs> her husband. And yet she's having a meltdown because a guy she's only just met that happens to have a daughter. A daughter that's, like, in her 20s. And I know that doesn't mean... <laughs> But you know, <laughs> but I don't. I don't get it. I don't get the logic.
0: You know, Dora's not gonna get much screen time anyway. So what the fuck does it matter? Because this is the film doesn't. You know, she knows he's gonna become a zombie. Yeah, because she's
1: just had a eureka moment and told everyone. It was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Frank and Nicole have a heartfelt goodbye, <laughs> and it's as if they were on screen longer, because if they were. On screen longer than five minutes, I may have cared. <laughs> um, seriously, why is his death taking so long? That's one question I had. Um, I have no idea who he is.
0: His death is fucking hilarious. Because Michael, go. Ken, if you see him preparing to shoot him, Michael goes back to Anna and she's like, Oh my God, Michael, I'm so glad you didn't do it. Next minute, all you hear is a fucking gunshot, gunshot. <laughs> followed by Richard Cheese's swing time cover of "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. I mean, that is some good editing right there. Whoever, whoever was in charge of that, <laughs> can we get that done? But with the curb your enthusiasm,
1: <laughs> music. Um. Yeah, that's camp. Um. The wanky crooner version (laughs) of Disturbed's Get Down With The Sickness plays over of Montage. So, do you remember the Montage in the original film, where they were enjoying the spoils of Mm -hmm. Monroeville Mall, And it was a fun moment, it humanised the characters, but also in the back of our minds, we're thinking, well, none of this means anything Uh anymore. You know, very interesting and played into, you know, the themes of capitalism and commercialism. Yeah. Fantastic. What we get in this little montage is Steve and Monica shagging, uh-huh. Glenn trying on high heels, then playing golf on the roof, mm-hmm. hitting the zombies with the golf balls, and Kenneth playing chess with Andy. By a whiteboards, messages yes. on the roof. So, and is Andy stuck on the roof? Yeah. So he happened to have a chessboard with him on the roof when he got stuck there? Of course. Okay. <laughs>
0: just, just so we know, just so we know. And it ends with Glenn telling CJ and Bart a story of how he knew he was gay, which CJ hates to great hilarity.
2: Yeah. I really felt was just absolutely
0: playful played philosophy that Glenn's gay. And we know we already know CJ's homophobic. It's
1: how do we know CJ's homophobic?
0: Because him and Bart were dropping Neff earlier on. Well did. Bart well Bart did, Bart is... did but he's Bart you know did. come on. They're they're pretty much the same character.
1: But yeah,
0: it's Well we know I mean we know now. I'm just not sure where
1: the comedy lies in this. Mm the idea that these two guys have been locked up but to add extra punishment they have to hear about Glenn having a crush on a man. Yeah. Um, also, not knowing Glenn as a character, it comes across a bit weird. Mm. And Glenn comes across a bit weird.
0: Yeah, it's not the representation we
1: want. It's really not the representation we want. It, it, it comes across a little creepy. Like, yes. Glenn's a little creepy. Yeah. And I feel like him trying on high heels mm. was also played for last. Yeah. And, yeah, I understand 2004, you know, were best part of 20 years removed. It was a different time. But I watched the film in 2022 to tell you my opinion. And my opinion is that's shitty and it's shitty representation.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Especially when it didn't need to be in there as well. Like we've already said, it didn't need as many characters. We especially didn't need this. And uh,
1: we ask for representation, but we should specify yeah. we ask for the right representation. Yeah, this
0: is uh, this is definitely gay. Sometimes ri- it's
1: not enough. Has that's uh, has any DC character
0: been gay? I feel like we had gay characters in the Suicide Squad. If so, James Gunn. Um, we have in Marvel, haven't we? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. In cinema as a whole, we have come a long way since uh, having gay, creepy gay characters trying on our heels for laughs. Thankfully, yes. Thankfully. Um, but yeah, it's classic gay written by dude bro straight guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. When the power goes out, a few of the survivors go to the park. What, in... what
1: about Michael's story? Who gives a shit? So Glenn gives a hilarious story about his first gay crush. Michael tells everyone about him being a really shit husband and uh, his seemingly dead daughter because we need to force some bonding moments and character development because
0: we have too many characters. Yeah, and because we can't have Anna be a strong female leader without a romantic connection, Lord forbid. Um, yeah, the power goes out. A few of the survivors go to the parking garage to activate the emergency generator. Well,
1: it's the lads, isn't it? The lads go whenever yeah.
0: anything
1: actiony or uh, anything needs investigating.
0: It's the lads, lads, lads that go. Yeah, um, they find a friendly dog. Who is adopted by Nicole and named Chips. Lovely. That is lovely actually. Chips is my favourite character in the film. Zombies kill Bart, um, for thankfully, forcing the others to cover them in gasoline and set them ablaze. Yeah,
1: very exciting.
0: And meanwhile, um in what I remember at the time being a shocking series of events, the the big thing that everyone spoke about about this film luda uh, is tied up by andre she dies before giving birth
1: so she's going into labor yeah. but she dies before being able to give
0: birth yeah and then <laughs> norma goes to check on them see if they need any more blankets and stuff Inexplicitly, norma walks up to their their little area they're staying in in slow motion she smokes a cig. <laughs> drops it in slow motion. And then puts it out of a foot. All in slow motion. I don't... <laughs> I don't know why it was such an overly stylized shot. One of the big things about Zack Snyder is... His signature thing is slow-mo. Lots of slow-mo. And this is one of his films that no has... necessary slow-mo. Well, this has the least amount of it out of all of his films. Which is shocking because there's so much of it. Mm. Um, but yeah... Luda reanimates. Norma kills her. Andre snaps and exchanges gunfire with Norma. They kill each other whilst having a slow motion shootout. It looks so fucking cringy. It
1: is quite cringy.
0: Uh, But then the others, the big scene that everyone spoke about, the others find zombie baby in Andres' arms delivered after Luda's death uh, which Anna reluctantly kills. Now, I seem to remember the scene going on longer when uh, when I was younger, for some reason. I thought the baby got away and started attacking people.
2: Um,
0: but CGI, for the scene, how do better than I thought it would? Yeah, it was fine. It didn't look terrible. But one thing that does look good in this film, um, speaking of effects, is the practical effects. Yeah. One of the strong points of the film. Um, there's some really great golden violence in here. Oh, yeah. Um... Which you know, the original one was over the top gore and violence, so it's sticking with that. Um, but yeah, some of the CGI isn't the best, but this one in particular actually was quite good. Uh, the scene was originally going to betray the baby killing the mother, but was altered due to its graphic nature.
1: Yeah. Um, what annoyed me was when Andre said, "You want to kill my family," <laughs> and I'm just like, "Why are so many of these characters so <laughs> stupid in this film?" I mean, he's tied her up because he knows she's a zombie. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to live happily ever after. <laughs> and then you clearly have a zombie baby as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Anna shoots the zombie baby. Um. She doesn't mourn that either, does she, really? No.
2: She, she, she gets over that <laughs> yeah. pretty
1: quick. Um, they then have a makeshift funeral for Andre Luder <laughs> and the baby where Glenn reveals that despite playing the piano in a church he isn't religious. And he says, who could be? Well, this is a little bit of social commentary and I, I think if any kind of com- social commentary comes through it's the um sort of hypocritical or nature of religion mm-hmm. um i'm assuming christianity from yeah. the ken foray character and through glenn yeah who you know despite playing piano in a church doesn't believe in god because why would a god allow this to happen exactly. Yeah, yeah. which i think is is interesting mm-hmm. um i think it is interesting and you know, it could be explored a little more in the film mm-hmm. if you didn't have so many fucking characters. Yeah.
0: They all decide to fight their way to the marina and travel on Steve's yacht, because of course he has a yacht, uh, to an island on Lake Michigan.
1: Yeah, it stems from something that Kenneth says, which I quite liked. It's the idea that he rather die trying than sticking around waiting to die. Um, He's also desperate to see his brother. This just comes up a lot. Where he's kind of had enough of everyone's shit and just wants to go see his brother. Yeah.
0: Um, They reinforce two shuttle buses from the garage. uh, Wielding on a snowplow. Attaching metal bars and chains. As well as stocking chainsaws, propane tanks and road flares. To keep Andy from starving. The group had a completely unnecessary series of events. The group straps some food onto Chips and lowers him into the parking lot. The zombies have no interest in the dog, thankfully. Uh, Chips enters Andy's store safely. but The zombie follows and bites Andy. Now, pursuing Chips, Nicole crashes the delivery truck into the gun store, where she is trapped by a zombified Andy. Now, what do you think to that decision? I think she's a dumb bitch. Well, someone wouldn't agree with you. Who? Uh, I mean, a lot of viewers would agree with you and have questioned it over the years. But one pop superstar agrees. Christine Aguilera spoke to the actress who plays Nicole at the premiere and uh, said, I would have gone after that dog too. I was really nervous about the dog. And when I saw that Nicole was going after the dog, I thought, that's it. That's real.
1: <laughs> it wasn't the whole idea that the dog was safe. Yeah. That, that's why they sent the dog.
0: She wasn't paying attention until that
1: point. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, did you miss the part before this, just to to backtrack a little bit, uh, where Anna and Michael snog. No, I wasn't interested. Because of forced romance is what this <laughs> film means.
0: Yeah, their forced romance really did not bother me in the slightest. I could
1: not get less. Yeah. Nicole goes I didn't understand, I didn't realise that Nicole had adopted the dog. Because they literally had like ten seconds of screen time together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Andy becomes a zombie, wiping blood on his message whiteboard mm-hmm. instead of the usual chess moves. Um, <laughs> I did find that quite funny. That was quite funny. Was quite funny when they're like, what's his message? And it's just a big smear of blood. <laughs> um, if it was a big smear of shit, it would have been even funnier. It's because they
0: take it so seriously. There's that's yeah. funnier about that.
1: Uh, the group uh, deciding to save... Nicole, despite her stupidity
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also not having known her very long, they really pick and choose who they become attached to, don't they? They do. Group. They do. They really, it's just, you know, flip yeah. a coin and see if they care or not.
0: And what makes me laugh is the fact that this whole thing with the dog, again, pointless because they could have drove the truck. Over to Andy. Yeah. They could have put him on the truck. Then they could have gave him some food and they all could have got away together. So why they did this whole thing with the dog. I feel like it was a scene that was meant to be earlier on in the film. And they just edited it a bit later in. Because Maybe. it just didn't really make any sense. Yeah.
1: Um, Steve is against putting himself in danger. Yeah. Because he has replaced CJ as the film's token asshole. <laughs> Um The men. Because only men are allowed to uh, do to the action parts. The men save their damsel in distress, yeah. blowing Andy's head off in the process. Um, Tucker is grabbed by the zombies, and CJ puts him out of his misery because CJ now has a heart.
0: Yeah, we're meant to like CJ. Now. We're meant
1: to like CJ, so he's gonna die.
0: <laughs> All of his homophobia is out the window.
1: Steve was meant to open the door upon their return. Um, but Anna has to, when Steve goes, AWOL. Um, this doesn't actually mean anything as Steve is waiting at the shuttles. And it just feels like a really cheap tension mm-hmm. because it doesn't, it does, it's not dealt with. It's no, not brought it's not, up. No. It's like, oh, Steve's not there to open the door. Steve's not there to open the door. Oh my God. Oh my God. Zombies coming. Zombies mm-hmm. coming. Anna opens the door. They go to the shuttles and Steve's just sat there like, Where have you guys been? Yeah. It's like, oh okay, so Steve hasn't run off, Steve hasn't you no. know, because he's the token asshole now. Um it's just it's very cheap, I think. Yeah. Very cheap. Um we get lots of action and gore, which I really like, um, as the shuttles are surrounded by the zombies. I think this is a great visual. Yeah. Having the shuttle buses. Completely surrounded mm-hmm. by zombies. I yeah, think. and it doesn't look. Um, they're not CGI, are no, they? No. no. Yeah, it looks It re- looks great. I actually think this is a great visual, and you know, I'm assuming it was in all the trailers and mm-hmm. on all the posters and such. Um, Glenn loses. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, because of all the zombies there, it's it's a bit of a rocky drive. <laughs> um, Glenn. Um, you may have forgotten about Glenn. G- Gay Glenn. Gay Glenn loses control of his chainsaw <laughs> and kills Monica. Does. Now, Monica... Who the fuck is Monica?
0: Uh, the one who got railed.
1: Exactly. And that's all she did. <laughs> and uh, the the shuttle drives erratically and crashes. Um, Glenn is killed in the crash as well mm. because... Seriously, it feels like the screenwriter forgot Glenn and Monica <laughs> were still alive. Like, um, I, have I killed everyone? I, I need to save a certain amount of people. Have I killed it. Oh, shit, Glenn and Monica. Um, yeah, how can I kill both Glenn and Monica? It really, it really just... If if you have to force these deaths, mm-hmm. then you've you've got too many characters in yeah. your film. This film didn't need Monica. No. This film didn't need Glenn. This film didn't need Steve. No. Um, there's a lot of characters this film did not need. But Glenn and Monica are top of that list. Yeah. Fucking hell. What the fuck did Monica do? Um, Steve tries to go it alone. So after the crash... But he literally lasts three seconds before being grabbed by a zombie. Yeah, he's literally he's gonna rush off and get in a car, and I'm assuming go to his boat by himself. Um, but it's literally three seconds. Like, ah, oh. um, and uh, that's the end of Steve. Well, it's not but the end of Steve. Excuse him. me. Yeah. yeah, Anna's killing everyone off. Anna shoots Steve after he becomes a zombie and the remaining survivors make it to the harbour to board steve's boat yeah she
0: grabs his boat keys she Um, does at the marina though the hero the hero we all needed cj Mm. sacrifices himself by detonating a propane tank so the others can escape what a hero
1: he does he sacrifices himself um
0: Good old CJ. Good old, good good old, old CJ.
1: All is, all is forgiven. My um, colour's been bitten, and so he stays on shore. And we get a really heartfelt goodbye from Anna.
0: <laughs> um, I can fix you. I can help. I can help. Oh, yeah? Then why the fuck did you not fix anyone else? Anyone else?
1: Well, <laughs> apparently she can't, and he stays on shore. And in a moment, it did make me laugh. Anna is literally staring a hole for him <laughs> and the camera's on on Anna and then Michael shoots himself and she's just watching the hole so it's not even like she turns around or anything like that mm-hmm. and I'm assuming this is she's been through a lot nothing faces her anymore kind of thing but for me it's just kind of funny like why are you staring <laughs> so intently you know what's about to happen <laughs> um but like kenya they sail away sail away sail away Mm -hmm. and um yeah big heartfelt goodbye to michael we're so glad that they survived really happy for them the credits roll you know is there going to be a sequel what's going to happen to these characters and credits begin intercut with steve's home videos with a topless lady and video footage of our survivors Finding a still-alive zombie head in a cool box, which I thought was a really cool Uh visual. And finding a zombie-infested island where they're all killed. Wow, I mean,
0: they get attacked. Seemingly. And the camcorder drops, and then it ends, so you don't really know whether they survived or not. So I feel like they were kind of leaving it open for a sequel. But
1: I don't understand, why would we have the the moment of relief and michael mm. a character we're meant to care about having a heartfelt goodbye to then give us these you know end credit scenes where potentially all our survivors we've been rooting for are yeah killed i i feel like on zombie island like the opening
0: like the opening 10 minutes i feel like um just, just to confirm, Adrian Barber is not in this film. And If you haven't seen Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island <laughs> and witnessed her accent, please stop everything you're doing and watch it. Um, yeah. I, I feel like this is, again, let the opening 10 minutes. I feel like this is another idea Zack Snyder had. I feel like he wanted to make a found footage zombie film. Um, so he's like, oh, can I include this into this as well? Whilst I've got a big studio budget? Yeah, go on, I'll throw it into the end credits. That's That's what it feels like. Uh, it's intertwined with "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. Yes, the actual version.
1: Did you? Was there a little reference to the Blair Witch Project? Did you? I, when the zombie's head falls. Yeah, I think so. Or was that? No, was that a different film? Maybe.
0: Um. Yeah, that's that's Dawn of the Dead.
1: That is Dawn of the Dead. Some decent gore and action is ruined completely by too many characters. I'm sorry, it's just too many characters. The makeshift family dynamic of the original is completely lost and character development is non-existent or forced. So it's either non-existent, we don't get any, or it's forced shit where they kind of remember that they have to make us feel for these people.
0: Yeah, it just kind of gets to the point where it just feels like any other... Now I say this, technically this film... Kickstarted a certain type of zombie trend, What's a lot with the stylized action zombie films. That I feel like after this and after Shaun the Dead, you had one of two things: you had films that wanted to be this, or you had films that wanted to be Shaun the Dead. Um, and I feel like you know it did kickstart that trend. Um, and it's a massive court classic that people love to this very day. Mm. Um, but watching it in twenty twenty two it still feels kind of basic, even though it it's the starter of that trend that's become so basic as it's gone on. It still feels really basic and generic. Yeah, really. it, it does. It
1: doesn't feel... And I know, you know, it's been almost 20 years, but it, it just... It, it Having watched so many horror films now, I... Realize what it does wrong, yeah, glaringly, because I've watched so many zombie films and horror films that do it so much better. It, yeah, yeah, it. It. Do you know what? They should have made it a TV series and yeah. called it the Walking Dead. Oh wait, they did. <laughs> they did do it. An ensemble cast in a t- films that ooh, TV series works. Mm-hmm. I don't in this film that that's my
0: biggest my biggest pet peeve on to the awards we have biggest queen I've put Norma she was just there to smoke and look after everyone uh, did not deserve that that's the end it's true it's true good old Norma could have been a Karen it wasn't she was uh,
1: a good time gal yeah um Anna is a queen at times the yeah
0: but she's let writing down. her into a forced romance and giving her so many stupid lines of dialogue just kind of takes away from it. Yeah, me. she should have been our main girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, biggest gasp, I've got watching our seemingly clever protagonist take the wheelbarrow woman inside despite the fact that she's clearly going to turn into a zombie.
1: Yes, my biggest gasp
0: was the wanky crooner
1: cover <laughs> down with the sickness. <laughs>
0: Best dialogue I've got. If I put my foot up your ass, would that be a problem? From yes. Kenneth.
1: Love the delivery on that one, too. I have
0: an honourable mention, though. Right. Uh, Whose wig is that? Mind if I borrow it? Chris Barker, Horror call Trash of a Podcast. When he misheard Kenneth saying rig as wig. Yes. <laughs> Did you just say wig?
1: Yeah, you had to be there, but it was funny. <laughs> my best dialogue, although I felt targeted, Ken phrased delivery makes his speech <laughs> memorable i like the delivery even though it was he, he was coming for me yeah uh
0: that's camp i've got norma taking a puff on a cig dropping it and putting it out in slow motion <laughs> that,
1: is camp. that is camp um i was <laughs> i have to say you know because i appreciate it uh, Glenn trying on the high heels. <laughs> not not from them writing perspective, but being like, "Yes, Glenn, you put on those
0: heels. You do, you do yours." What did it do better than the original? Nothing. I have nothing. Nothing, um, at, all. I go, nothing at all. Yeah, I've got the, the original is flawless, of course. One of the greatest films ever made. Uh, the gore is probably just as good. Yeah. Um, you know the effects are really good. Um, but aside from nothing. Uh, what does it do worse than the original everything wow. every the music video style cinematography the soundtrack it's good but it's no goblin far too many characters the dialogue yeah
1: yeah it, it really and the, the thing is it's not completely bottom of the barrel stuff no but it makes so many mistakes and in a direct comparison to the original it really it fumbles it it yeah. really does
0: Ratings, I give it six stereophonic songs out of ten.
1: <laughs> I give it
0: three. Oh wait, no, six
1: fucking out. Pre- yeah. Okay, it wasn't That's that bad. It's a little bad. harsh. It's <laughs> a little harsh. Excuse, I'm getting my letterbox ratings and my IMDb ratings confused. I wish they they would be the same. I give it six wanky crooners out of ten. <laughs> uh,
0: masterpiece, trash, the Beast, trash or basic? It's basic.
1: Ba- it's it's basic basic babe
0: sorry it's i'm sorry it's basic available if you want to check it out it's available on dvd us blu-ray netflix and video on demand uh are we not doing if you enjoyed this got that at the end of the episode combined effort oh okay why have you got specific ones yeah i have actually what's your specific
1: ones? well if you enjoyed this i would recommend and we haven't mentioned it so far the Matrix. Far Super <laughs> Matrix?
0: That's slow motion. A far
1: superior zombie film from two years earlier, twenty-eight days later.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say actually. If you
1: like if you like running zombies, twenty-eight days later. I was later... gonna say
0: that's a bit of trivia I forgot to read out actually. Um yeah, Zack Snyder was massively inspired by Twenty-eight Days Later for this film, mm. and that's why his zombies are runners. Yes. Uh where do you stand on the running or walking zombies? I couldn't care that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I couldn't. If, if if it works in the context of the film, I, I really don't. Yeah, I, don't. I find the running ones more intimidating, especially after the train to Busan. Um, but the walking ones, I don't know, the way they move slay is creepier. C- could, yeah,
1: it is creepy. Could you imagine Night of the Living Dead with running
0: zombies? Oh, you have a running zombie. Just like scooting around the. You have one at the start of the film, the yeah, first when he one, gets, when yeah, when when to the, the car.
1: Yeah, the actor gets a little ahead of himself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that is intentional.
0: Um, yeah. And now for our third and final feature of the episode, we have Day of the Dead from 2008. Directed by Steve Miner, who you may know from previous podcast films, Halloween H2O, Friday the 13th, Parts 2 and 3. He also did House, Lake Placid and much more, including that racist Soulman film that was Every time. I hope you do. Yeah, written by Jeffrey Riddick, who did Final Destination, Tamara, Divine Cure, Return to the Cabin by the Lake, Good Samaritan, The Final Wish, Dead Awake, uh episodes of A Tale Dark and Grim, Samurai Rabbit, and Midnight Texas. Course based on the screenplay by Romero,
2: kind very know. loosely.
0: <laughs> Budget twelve million dollars. Now, No restricted video, but somehow it made 301.7 thousand dollars worldwide somewhere, so it maybe had some limited screenings. Yeah. Um also fun fact, it's called Day of the Dead, but uh, most of the film takes place at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, let's let's just get to it. Uh well, I mean, let's get to who we know. Yes. There's uh
1: Oh fuck, I fucked it up again. Fuck.
0: Um. Hey, I know you. Mina Savari's in this. Uh, she plays Sarah. We know her from American Pie, American Beauty, American Horror Story, everything with American in the title. Uh, now, all of these cast members, by the way, have something in common. And see if you can pick it out. Oh. She's also in Loser, Domino, The Rage, Carrie 2, Slums of Beverly Hills, Rumor Has It, Beauty Shop, Sugar and Spice. Boy Meets World, I'll Be Home for Christmas, not the Disney one, uh, The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson, and more. Yeah, mean Savari, taking those roles where she can get
2: Well,
1: no, I suppose
0: Day of the Dead would be a big deal. The lead,
1: and, you know, Gone of the Dead remake had done really well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Now
0: straight to video. Nick Cannon plays Salazar. Uh he was in Drumline, Bobby, Love Don't Cost a Thing, Men in Black 2, Monster House, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Garfield, Chirac, Goal 2, Living the Dream. Do you remember the Goal series of films? I certainly don't. Um, and you. Miracles Across 125th Street and much more. Right. Okay michael welch plays trevor he was in nick cannon i think i
1: think especially here in the uk probably most famous for being married tomorrow
0: well, probably yeah uh michael welch plays trevor he was in the twilight saga Tr- star trek twilight saga uh-huh. star trek insurrection boy meets girl all the boys love mandy lane mfa bloodcraft grim law and order csi Christmas Hero and much more. Michael Welch giving us that Justin Bieber hairstyle energy. Oh, we know who that was. Around his time. I feel it was just before Justin Bieber, but it was definitely that era where everyone had that sort of hair. Yeah. Uh yeah. and Anna Lynn McCord plays Nina. She was in Excision, Transporter 2, scorned, fired up, ugly Betty, King Knight. Uh, Titanic Six Six Six, the term that is it's gotta be a, a future podcast film. The Haunting of Molly Hartley, Legends of Tomorrow, Dancing Through Christmas, and Felice Navi Dad, with dads in capital letters. Oh, I get see. Get it? And yes. uh, lots more. Did you get the theme? Christmas. All we... They're all in shitty Hallmark Christmas films. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Are they all Hallmark That films? style, at, l- at the very least, yeah. So all ones that
1: you now on your watch list. Of course, of course.
0: And we haven't really got a lot to say about the characters because there's not a lot to say about the characters. No. Um, yeah. It's time for our third feature presentation. What the
2: hell is happening to these
0: people?
2: Nowhere to run. you one's gonna be killed. No place to hide. company the day of the dead someone here is infected what are we gonna do I'm not gonna die here Mina Savari Nick Cannon and Vin Rains
0: those things are everywhere
2: day of the dead
0: spoiler alert this this one
1: question what do you know Mina Savari for American Pie American Pie when you think Mina Sivari, you think Heather. Yeah, Heather? Uh-huh.
0: In... Oh, okay. What, is yours American Beauty?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or... The uh, Wheatus... Yeah, Teenage Dad. Uh, music video.
2: a <laughs> <laughs> uh, so spoiler
0: alert, off the bat, uh, this is the worst one.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, do you know what, I'm just gonna say it. this is one of the worst films in
0: general i've ever watched it, it's awful it really is so so fucking bad i watched this when it first came out and uh you know hyped from dawn of the dead i was like, okay day of dead again hadn't seen the original watched this and even back then when my taste was a little more questionable it was fucking abysmal um all i remembered was dj because it reminded me of the fog um uh, the fact that someone was stuck in a radio station and the ending, which I have a lot to say about the ending. when um, we get to it. But we start with two what teams. What was Land of the Dead? Land of the Dead was around this time. I think it was 2005. Now, this is a, that's an interesting topic, actually. Uh, around this time, George Romero brought his own second trilogy of the dead out. It's uh, sequels of the dead or whatever. I don't know what the official term is for it. I think the whole thing is the saga of the decks. They are all, they're not linked, but they're all sequels. Yeah. So we had Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead uh, all around this time. So why they thought a Day of the Dead remake was even necessary when Romero is still releasing zombie films himself is, is a different story. Um, especially when it doesn't even try and be a remake of Day of the Dead. This has like no connection, aside from character names um, and. 10 minutes set in a bunker, you know, this has no connections to the original. That's, that's, you know, also has no connection whatsoever to Dawn of the Dead remake. No, no. I don't mind a remake doing its own thing, but, you know, don't just do a copy and paste of every other zombie film being made around that time. this is a copy and paste of what Dawn of the Dead was trying to do. You know, that specific style. This is one of the films I was saying is, and it's just a rip off.
1: It's, it's doing its own thing, but it's doing it terribly. Yeah. And it it's trying to mark it off of the Day of the Dead name mm-hmm. um, by being incredibly shit. Yeah. And that makes it even shittier.
0: <laughs> yeah. Two teen couples, including Trevor Bowman and Nina. Couple of couples. Uh, making out in an abandoned warehouse in Colorado. Whilst at the same time, military roadblocks seal the city off for a 24-hour quarantine exercise. Uh, We have the token racist guy. Uh, We know this because uh, we're introduced to Vin Grames as Captain uh, Rhodes talking to him. And uh, (laughs) as he's talking to him, the racist guy is like, You can't do this! We're in America! Who gave you these orders? But then when Mina Savari starts talking to him, he's like, Oh... Um, yeah, I'm really sorry, love. Um, I know you're white, but you know we're just trying to get past.
1: She also knows his wife as well. Yeah, I'm assuming they went to school together. So uh, she's Army Officer Sarah Bowman, also known as Sarah Cross, <laughs> also known as Sarah Crossbowman. We'll get to that
0: later. Yeah. We're introduced to DJ Paul, uh, who's been observed by a soldier and threatens to put Celine Dion uh, on if he doesn't tell him what's going on. <laughs> Which makes even less sense when the yeah. soldier doesn't tell him what's going on, so he then puts on an Axie Rock song instead. I'd be like, I ain't telling you before. Bitch, oh. put that Celine Dion. Put that Celine Dion on now." on. Uh, Corporal Sarah Bowman leaves her barricade and drives with Private Bud Crane to visit her sick mother. She does this after Bud and his friends are like, oh, yeah, oh, lads, oh, she's a bit of all right, oh, cracky pair on her, oh, pretty much. Yeah. Like the whole thing is just like straight away, oh, she's a woman in the army, oh, yeah, we've got to sexualize, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she's fit. Oh. Yeah, it's
1: um, about not taking it seriously, but it's, I mean, yeah. it's
0: not. Dealt with fully in the film, no, of course it? not. Seen this, this done better. Trevor and Nina, um, are caught making out on the sofa when she gets home. Trevor being her brother, uh, and uh, she says to Nina, she's like, Hey Nina, does your dad still teach at Sunday school? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um,
1: did you miss the first kill of the film? Did I in the woods?
0: Oh, in the woods. So yeah,
1: the, the girl I don't I don't know her name, I don't think her name was given, but Nina and the Trevor's ever, the other friend, the other couple, she got left in the woods, uh, chased by a zombie and killed off screen. This is Day of the Dead <laughs> a remake of Day of the Dead and your first kill is off screen. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is a remake of Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And your first kill is off screen. Yeah, and
0: she, her belly button gets thrown off In, into the Oh, camera. is that what that was? Anyway, yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah. so they, uh, they find out that the local populace got infected by an influenza-like virus... And that their friend Kyle gushed blood uh, from the nose that morning, he, they tell uh, Sarah. Sarah and Bud head to Kyle's house after after Sarah visits her mum, who looks like she's on death's door. Um, Sarah and Bud head to Kyle's house to investigate and uncover his parents' mauled corpses.
1: Yeah, um, they're the kind of corpses you only see in films where <laughs> they manage to stay in one place for a very <laughs> long time until someone goes uh-huh. ever so slightly close to them yeah. and they suddenly come alive and jump out at Yeah. Them. Um, yeah. Um, My favourite kind of scene. Again, corpse. you know,
0: they're already like that when she gets there. More stuff that is off screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She radios Captain Rhodes about a situation, heads to home to bring her family and Nina to the medical centre. Um, when they get there in a bizarre series of events, Bud starts talking to Sarah's mother about Sarah. Like, oh my god, she's so hot! Like, You're fucking weird. kidding me! Her mother looks like she's about to die at any second, and you will tell her how hot her daughter is. Right. and I know I exaggerate for comedic effects lots on this podcast, but he literally says she's so hot. He the exact does. words
1: he does. <laughs> You don't exaggerate. Oh, I want
0: to get in your daughter's pants. Oh, fucking, bit of all right. Um, as the CDC's Dr. Logan questions Sarah in the crowded hospital, the infected become catatonic and reanimate as zombies.
1: Yeah, it's literally the hospital is jam-packed with coughing patients, which obviously now in 2022, <laughs> during COVID times, is very on the nose. Um... This is where people start referring to Sarah as Corporal Cross. <laughs> so it's Corporal Cross in the film Sarah Cross. On Wikipedia, it tells me that her actual name is Sarah Cross Bowman, but in the credits, she's just Sarah Bowman.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I added that. To Sarah like, Bowman if
1: you the whole time. can't, if you can't get shit like that yeah. together you know there's f- no yeah. hope yeah. if you can't be consistent with a fucking name yeah. of your main character uh-huh. then you're doomed from the get-go yeah, it's true. awful it's true. um did you well we meet nina's dad <laughs> who has flu-like symptoms and we have a really cracking cgi view of the inside of his body <laughs> As I, I transform- don't know what's it, is, it, is it transforming? Transforming it into a zombie. Dense.
0: Yeah. Something know. we all needed. Yes.
1: Um so as Nina's dad becomes a zombie, everyone else <laughs> becomes a zombie at exactly the same time. hmm So despite Kyle becoming a zombie much earlier and killing his parents every single other person who was caught this virus yeah suddenly becomes a zombie because mm-hmm. you haven't seen any on the street so far you ain't seen any in the hospital but like that mm-hmm. yeah like one second everything's fine the next second Everyone who's going to ever become a zombie yeah. becomes a
2: zombie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, he rips off uh, half of his wife's face, which looks good. Um, only slight nice thing I can say about this film is practical effects are okay. The face um,
1: looks good, or the, the gore looks good. <laughs> the gore looks good.
0: I mean, the thing is, um, <clears throat> you know, you're remaking what, it, what a film that has some of the greatest practical effects ever in horror history. Yeah, um, I'll stand by that. Tom Savini really worked his magic. Some of his best work is in the original. um, Which makes the off-screen stuff that we get a lot of this really painful. Um, Especially when you've got practical effects available on set, clearly. Yeah. You know, if you do shit like this, you could do other stuff on screen. It's rude. Um, As carnage ensues, Nina and Trevor seek refuge at the local radio station. And poor Captain Rhodes, Vin Grains... Her name's Nina.
1: Her name's not Nina.
0: Trevor's girlfriend's name's Nina. We've literally just spoke about her parents.
1: Her name's Kate.
0: No, it's Nina. Oh, shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Who the fuck's Kate? I got her name as Kate for the whole thing. Oh, crud. Okay. Anyway, Captain Rhodes. <laughs> um, Ving Rhames, Captain Rhodes. It's fucking dead. He's dead. He's a goner. He's dead! I mean, Vingrains must have been expensive in 2008 because uh, it's quite quite early on. Um, well, yeah, he, he's bitten.
1: been. be bothered, could he?
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't blame him. He barely has any dialogue, any hardly any screen time in this. There's no point in being in it at all. Um, Dr. Logan, Sarah and uh, Bud rush to a storage room, but Bud drops the car keys before entering. And uh, Dr. Logan says, great, a driver without keys and a soldier without bullets. It must be my fucking birthday.
1: (laughs) I don't know where this attitude's come from. (laughs) It's a little confusing. It's very, very forced. It is. To make him the villain of the piece. Yeah.
0: Again, you know, you're following on from a film that had one of the greatest non- deformed, non-zombie, non-masked villain in horror history. Like, the guy in the original fucking hated Yeah. Because he was really well-written. But it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't forced. No. Uh, Nina and Trevor meet up with the couple from the roadblock from earlier, the racist guy and his uh, his wife. Uh, They're at the radio station. They mention they saw uh, Sarah at the roadblock. And uh, the wife, she coughs and says... My cough. I had it before this. I'm not sick. <laughs> well, he blames um,
1: Sarah for his daughter's death. Does he? Yeah. Yes, he said, your sister, you know, told us to go to such a place and not to go to the hospital. And my daughter died. So it's her fault. <laughs> and that's
0: never mentioned or dealt no. with afterwards. Sarah and Bud uh, resolve to reach the room uh, that Captain Rhodes is mauled in through the air ducts to receive, to retrieve his keys. To receive his to re- keys? Re- to retrieve his keys. Uh, when they land on the floor, Private Salzar arrives. And uh, during their return to the storeroom, Rhodes eats his own eyeball for some reason. Yeah. Uh rises Zombies have never done that. Rises to pursue them and bites Bud's hand as he replaces the ceiling grill. Now did you not notice how incredibly
1: strong Sarah was? Yeah. Like to lift now understand he he was missing his legs, so I understand that's a little way off. But Ving Rhames is a big man <laughs> and she's there like lifting him with her uh-huh. legs. As she's crawling through a vent, a vent that has nothing to grip hold of. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm sorry, with all due respect to Mina Savari. Yeah. I do, I d I don't think I don't think any <laughs> of the, the fellas could have done that.
0: Well she I mean she was punching zombies before this, so she could do a lot.
1: Well no, they? she's in the
0: army. You know. Um some great dialogue now because we have the moment we have in all these films So someone that we supposedly like has been bitten and the moral ambiguity is there as to whether or not they should be shot even though it's obvious they should be because they're going to become a zombie Um. so, so Salvazar is like, uh, he's like, oh well you saw what happened to Rose and he was bitten by one of those things and he wants to shoot him Savari throws fucking bleach on the bite and says, I put bleach on it! (laughs) And then Dr. Logan one-ups her and says, Rhodes was bitten by many of those things. He was only bitten by one. Plus, bleach solves everything. (laughs) Bleach solves everything. 99, kills
1: 99.9% of bacteria.
0: Apparently, um, including covid there was a variant of COVID on Bleach. Do you remember?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's not get into... No, this,
0: yeah, no one cares.
1: Um, <laughs> but they do <laughs> care, but it's always the coronavirus... Not, not when they're listening
0: to a remix of The Dead episode.
1: That kind of... Very, it's always existed, so it's always been on, like, or yeah. bottles and Bleach bottles
0: and shit. Yeah. But do you remember when it was top banter for everyone when it first happened?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, the UK. Um oh, when you... Um, Asked for a bottle of Corona. Hold the virus.
0: Yeah. Anyway, from shit jokes to shit fans, the group jumps from the window into the undead-infested parking lot. The bleach must have actually worked miracles because he turns into a zombie that's different from everyone else. It's not like the other girls. Um. So yeah, I I blame the bleach. Wait,
1: you blame the bleach for that? Yeah, not that he's a vegetarian.
0: It's because he's a vegetarian. Supposedly. It's the bleach. Uh, Dr. Logan deliberately pushes a woman towards a zombie. <laughs> and departs in a vehicle. Whilst the remaining members uh, get in their car after setting some zombies on some terrible CGI fire. Oh my
1: god. The CGI fire in this film is disgraceful. Mm-hmm. It's awful.
0: Why is there so much of it if they can't get it right? They they leave Bud in the car, tied up. um, But when they come back, he's transformed. And Sarah insists he's harmless uh, because he's a vegetarian and shouldn't be shot. So, of course, he's a play on Bub from the original. Again, one of the most iconic zombies of all time. This is a play on that. This is supposed to be him. Not even close. No, no. Not even close. They do not understand why everyone loved that zombie so much. So the idea is that Bud, in
1: in the remake, um, is reluctant... Well, he's not trying to bite any of them. Which is partly, either true or not, partly explained by um, Sarah. It's because he's a vegetarian. So it doesn't eat me, but also because maybe he's kept uh, more of his, you know, human side than the other zombies, mm-hmm. so he recognises them. Yeah. Um, it's never really explained why no. they just wanted to do a reference to the original film. Yeah. It's just shoehorn this fucking Bud character in.
0: Meanwhile, they hear Trevor over the radio and dash to his location. Uh, they collect the couple and attempt to exit the city, but collide near the abandoned warehouse. Uh, and then we finally, an hour and 15 minutes into the film... Did you miss... Did we
1: miss the bit where the DJ dies? Oh shit, I did, yeah. DJ Paul. What happened to DJ yeah, Paul? I can't even missed... remember.
0: That was, we watched it fucking earlier and I can't remember Were well, you getting a bit
1: ahead of yourself? Apparently. So, someone at the radio station has a nosebleed mm-hmm. and... Kate, Nina, Nina. I I fuck. I literally have her down as Kate for all my notes. Nina threatens the DJ and the weird couple to find out who it was because she finds a bloody tissue in the bin. Um turns out it was the DJ who had the nosebleed, because his eyes go white. And Kate... And fucking hell. Nina. Nina. <laughs> I've got this on my iPad, so I can't change it. Uh, Nina stabs him in the head. Mm-hmm. Then, it turns out that the couple, who I found out at this point, right before they die, are called Mr. and Mrs. Lightner. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Light, light, lightner, yeah. Um turns out mrs lightner was the one with the nosebleed and uh she munches on her husband before attacking nina uh now nina gives us eye for a little bit of buffy the vampire slayer energy it's <laughs> very kind it, it was very kind <laughs> um main mainly because it looks like it was filmed as an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Ten years. Very kind. Ten years previous. Okay.
0: The whole thing looks like it's an, a film by the asylum. Like the the cheap knockoff. Yeah, thing. I'm talking
1: early Buffy.
0: Okay. Um.
1: So yeah. So she ends up... Mrs. Lightman ends up being pushed out the window. And that's when Sarah turns up. Because she's heard Trevor over the radio. And goes to save him. Um, what she doesn't, I shouldn't laugh. What what she also does is run over their mother, who's come <laughs> to see them,
0: <laughs> right in front of Trevor. <laughs> nice. I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> Do <Did> you miss <laughs> that? No, I saw it happen, but I forgot to put it in my notes. She. <laughs> I'm so, so fucking the bored. Mum'd...
1: The mum hears Trevor, a zombie mum, she's a zombie. She hears Trevor over the radio and um, she goes, she for some reason knows where the radio station is <laughs> and goes. <laughs> and it gets run over right in front of it by her sister. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's funny. It, it was, yeah. yeah. Even though I did completely forget about it. it it's shit. It, that, so that's bordering on um, entertaining trash.
0: Yeah. For, for a brief second. A brief second. Uh, yeah, they go to the bunker and encounter Dr. Logan, who divulges his involvement in the government project under Dr. Engel. Engel and intended to produce a bioweapon to paralyze enemy combatants by temporarily affecting the nervous system, but the virus mutated, zombifying the scientists. Uh, as the... I'm sorry, you got all that shit down, but you didn't get the mumby and. ran <laughs> yeah, this over. this is the
1: explanation of the plot of the Fucking film. Fucking hell. This is the
0: plot of the film here. Yeah, an hour and 15 minutes in. As the group... Uh, transver- uh, traverses the bunker. Dr. Engel stoutfully kills Logan. Confusing because Dr. Engel and Logan. I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Engel, the one on the screen that like, looked exactly like Dr. Oh Logan. my god, like, he looks so identical. confusing. He could have been played by the same character. Oh,
1: same actor, same actor. Yeah, so all this sort of backstory is on a computer screen. And it looks like this, Doctor Logan. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is Doctor Logan explaining. He's recorded something, and they found it because he was about to escape." Blah blah blah. And then he turns into a zombie. I was like, "What the fuck's going on here?" He's like, "Right there." <laughs> Why would you have actors that look so similar do that? It's <laughs> fucking confusing. You know
0: how in Dawn of the Dead, the Glenn and Monica characters—they you thought that they got to the end and they were like, "Oh shit, um, we need to include them." Forgot about them. Mm-hmm. I feel like with this. They got to like an hour and 10, an hour and 15 minutes in, like, oh shit, we're remaking Day of the Dead, fuck. Um, quickly, bunker, bunker, quickly. Uh, exposition, we're, doctors, scientists, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, that's that's fine, that'll, that'll do. This is the confusing <laughs> part because it can't be a budgetary
1: thing because obviously the bunker set would have been a lot cheaper than all the other it sets. It looks shit anyway. It's you, awful. But they could have given a bit more money yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was, as I've described in my notes, it looks fucking awful. It <laughs> it's like someone's tried to recreate the crystal maze set at home. <laughs> it, it, looks, it, it looks like it's made of cardboard. It does. <laughs> it's, it's awful. What I also think they didn't realise is that, oh shit, we need to explain all this. Mm-hmm. But we need someone to explain it. Um, but then we need to kill them straight away. Um, so after Dr. Logan and all this bullshit happens, mm-hmm. they're literally just walking down the corridor mm-hmm. and a zombie from the ceiling snatches Dr. Logan, eats know, like his skin and shit right, from his quickly chest. from his chest, and then drops him back down, and... No one gives a shit. Like, literally, no. they like, oh, oh, oh no, what's happened here? But the zombie is like on the ceiling. Yeah. So if it's going to pick up Dr. Logan, why is no one else? Why is no one trying to shoot
0: this ceiling it's zombie? True. It's true. I like, oh my god. Uh, Salazar sacrificed himself to save uh, Sarah. Who then reunites with Trevor and Nina. have meant to we have some character development. Um, she reunites with Trevor and Nina. They find a bundle of gas cylinders. Did you miss the
1: bit where Bud is eaten by a load of zombies? I was actually
0: thinking what happened to Bud. I did miss that. Like yeah. in my notes and I missed it in the film. So he goes missing at the beginning.
1: Uh, I thought he was eaten well, but apparently not. Um, but he returns and saves Sarah. By shooting the scientist zombie dude. Oh okay. Um, and That's then fair. he has his head ripped off by the zombies. Oh,
0: you made that sound way more exciting. Yeah, it, sounds... it's it, it's obviously a <laughs> reference to the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh yeah. So they find some gas cylinders, and modified them into flamethrowers. While Sarah lures the zombie crowd, Dr. Engel descends from the ceiling and grabs her, but Bud shoots at him. Uh, yeah, I literally just said that. Oh, Bud, yeah. No, you did. I did get it in my notes. Wait, I can't remember. Oh my god, we literally watched this film a few hours ago and I cannot remember any of this shit. There is,
1: I have to say, there was a point where I just stopped. I thought
0: Bud was Trevor for a second. Man. I genuinely don't care. Yeah, so I hadn't got to it yet. Give me a chance. Um, but that happened before Salazar.
1: Well, oh, then. Oh no, it didn't.
0: Oh, who who, who cares? fucking cares? Sarah directs the undead Fuck to the I cylinders. Just get this shit over with. Sarah directs the undead to the cylinders. Good. And they uh, incinerate them. Good. The group sets out in Doctor Logan's car, and as they proceed towards the distance, in a bizarre series of events, I promise you this is the truth. Watch the film. Don't watch the film. Skip to the end. Watch this. Does any I mean you can't answer me, but if you remember back to the old days of YouTube, there was well, a famous I
1: remember, Gary?
0: famous jump scare video. I think it was for Travel to Ireland, if I remember right, where you get to see the Irish countryside, nice little flute music playing, and then a zombie jumps out at you. It went viral. It must have been amongst some of the first viral videos. People oh, were reacting yeah, to it absolutely. and everything. Um, iconic. They fucking reenact that here.
1: Basically.
0: And this is the only thing I remember from when I first watched it, is the car drives away, you're watching the characters drive away, and a zombie jumps from the side of the camera at the screen and fucking screams at the camera. Yeah. So
1: the, the radio. What the fuck? The thing is, I don't understand is the radio is pretty much saying it's all over with. Yeah. Like it's all been resolved. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because. Of the remakes mm-hmm. and of George Romero's original trilogy, yeah. this is the only one that suggests everything is resolved at the end. Mm-hmm. Apart from that stupid zombie jump scare, mm-hmm. this is the only one that suggests it's all over. Yeah, You know, it's ridiculous. That's
0: not what, this is not what the no.
1: living dead films are about. No.
0: Absolute bullshit. The whole film is bullshit. I really it it don't it, know how they got it so wrong.
1: Genuinely, it's so awful. It was painful to watch. I I stopped, you know, as as you can probably tell by our confusion not too long ago, um, we both gave up. I just I don't care. I stopped care I didn't care about the any of Steve the characters. Minor.
0: Well Steve Minor directed Brothers 13, 2 and 3, and Halloween H2O. Great sequels. Um, so much fun. How the fuck did he get this so wrong? Like, seriously, it's day in the dead. Have the whole film in a bunker, it's fine. You like you have a concept there. You have a premise there set out for you already. Yeah. How did you get it so wrong? I mean, the action's boring. It is. The so gore boring. ain't great.
1: No. Too many off screen kills. I don't care about the characters. Mm. I don't care. You could have told me this was released by the Asylum, and I'd believe you. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have the decency to be so bad it's good. No. It doesn't. It's just, oh, uh, it, it, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it truly is so disappointing, especially when you compare it to the original. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous how they could just get it so wrong. And I don't think they can blame budget. No. Because all the budget seemingly went on parts of the film that had nothing to do with the original. This
0: also, 12 million isn't that bad for a film no, like this. No, it's all. not really. really it's low, but it's not
1: bad. It's not, you know, this isn't a remake. I don't look at this like it's a remake. It's supposed to be. That's the intention. Yeah, no, I, I based mean, on the
0: work by George Romero I understand apparently. That,
1: and it has its its references, but to go that long before going to the bunker, mm-hmm. it just it really doesn't feel like a remake. No. It it like an homage, maybe. Yeah, that
2: but that a, a straight up
1: remake, it it doesn't feel yeah. like
2: it.
0: But even for bad films we have awards and Biggest Queen by default goes to Sarah it going go to? No one. We'll give it to Sarah. There's no. Just to go to
2: no I,
1: I, I think it happened with the Booker Prize once. No one gets it.
0: Um, biggest gasp.
1: The CGI. I've got Bud um, telling Sarah's mother how hot Sarah is while she's dying in a hospital waiting room. That makes sense. Um, biggest gasp was the CGI and the set design.
0: <laughs> best,
1: I, I gasped.
0: Best dialogue. I've got Bleach solves everything from Dr. Logan. He's a vegetarian. (laughs) That's camp. um, uh, At a push, Mina Savari punching a zombie in the face during the hospital scene.
1: That's camp. None of it. None of it. Doesn't even have the decency to have any campness.
0: Yeah. um, What did it do better than the original? Nothing. Nothing at all. And what did it do worse than the original? Everything. Everything. (laughs)
1: Everything. It was so tedious. So boring. <laughs> it, it genuinely was. It if is, if it was is. if it was a trash, I love my trashy films. You know that. Mm-hmm. Everyone listening knows that. Yeah. This doesn't even have a decency to be trashy. It
0: was fucking
1: boring. boring. trash. But not the good kind I switched
0: of trash. off. Ratings. I give it one problem-solving splash of bleach out of ten.
1: I just I just give it one out of ten. It doesn't even deserve. <laughs> anything it, it doesn't deserve a little funny reference it, it gets one literally one out of ten
0: masterpiece trash to be trash
1: or basic it's but the thing is it, it's trash yeah i got trash but basic as well yeah which makes it so much worse yeah this is genuinely one of the worst films we've covered on the podcast i i hated it i uh-huh. really really hated it and yeah you know there's a couple of times i laughed um but you know, I don't think I was meant to laugh. It it, it was it was truly, truly it, awful. I hated it. It was a horrible experience.
0: If we haven't put you off and for some reason you want to watch it, it's available on DVD, Blu-ray and video on demand. Oh, you might love it. And, you know, I'm not telling anyone not to go out and
1: watch it, but just... You
0: can't say we recommend it. Um, If you enjoyed any of these I recommend checking out The original Trilogy of the Dead uh, But if you have already Which I hope you have You're joking If you have already Then I recommend The Return of the Living Dead films Oh
1: yes Um, No I already gave one For Dawn of the Dead Um, If you enjoyed Night of the Living Dead the, um, The remake I don't know what I recommend What would you recommend? I just gave Specifically, my specifically for the remake. Specifically
0: for Night of the Living Dead remake. You know, probably the blob. Oh, like I, I've Semen- already done Pet that. Pet Symmetry
1: has as a kind of similar feel to it. That, single uh, White Female, if you like is. haircuts like that. If you like haircuts, yeah, I recommend Wilson Phillips. Um, If you liked the Day of the Dead remake, <laughs> then you're really going to love Zombie 3 if we're talking (laughs) army not house of the dead no if we're talking army oh god house of the dead fucking hell but if if we're talking army and zombies and -hmm. and such i i I, zombie three is a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine so that's what i
0: recommend well let us know your thoughts at uh, all of these we're on social media horacle trash over on facebook and instagram and horacle trash on twitter I'm deadlightgaz 2 on Letterboxd, Gazmo2F5 on Instagram and night 92 on
1: Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram
0: and Letterboxed. Give us a rate if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and like and follow on everything else. Give us a rate on Spotify. Next week, we bring you a double feature continuing a series that we've been doing on and off. We're talking about how Razor Inferno. Howraiser, Howlseeker. nice <laughs> <laughs> torture, absolute torture. Is it actually? Is it actual torture? Uh, yeah. No, I think the. Um, and, or, actually, and closing thoughts about all of the Best one. I mean, I don't really need to say. Do it. it's Night Eleven Dead, of course. Yeah, I I
1: think um. Overall, obviously, Night of the Living Dead is the best of the remakes because it felt truer to the original. Mm -hmm. And it felt truer to... uh, More respectful to George Romero. And I know that he wrote the screenplay as well. But, like, Tom Savini, huge fan of the original Mm -hmm. film. Good pals with George Romero. It felt more respectful to the original but then brought in some some new elements to it whereas i feel like with dawn of the dead and day of the dead it took the basic idea but played it to a completely different crowd which is you know respectable you know i'm not Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to be exactly the same you just for dawn of the dead didn't always work and day of the dead did not work at all and we'll leave you with that
0: (laughs) we'll see you same time same place on tuesday
1: (laughs) bye